welcome to a new episode of the Min Max Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. Oh my gosh, I'm Ben Hansen. I'm joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello. Jana Garcia. Hello. And Sarah Podzorski. Hello. That's it. That's the standard four for this podcast. Nay, I say, we're venturing into the great beyond. We also have Jeff Marquia Fava. Hello. And Leo Vader. Wow, the big finale. Thank you. <laughs> we're all assembled today for a very special episode of the podcast where we just wanted to... Here's the thing, everybody. Every every week, we get hundreds of great questions and comments submitted over on Patreon for us to read off, and it's brutal. We're killing our darlings every week. We're trimming, we're chopping, we're like taking our offspring and just hacking legs off just to try and squeeze it into the podcast. We said, what about this episode? We make room for... Not quite everybody, because we had to kill a couple of our darlings along the way, but more of our darlings to get on the, um, to get on the, what's that thing called? Lifeboat? To get on the lifeboat and, and sail free. The point is, everybody, we have a lot of community questions, so and that's what this episode you're, you're is You're going to fix about. this in post, right? Like, you're going to make this <laughs> yeah. better in the edit, right? So what would a normal person say here? And just be like, we have a question. Yeah, we're going to be answering community questions for the entire episode, everybody, so we figured it'd be more fun if we had absolutely everybody on this episode. So, hey... Your job, everybody, is to look alive and jump in at all these opportunities because there's going to be hot questions flying all over the place. Hey, we don't got to talk about anything except for what the community wants us to talk about. And Brandon Milligan submits a question over on Patreon, and here's what they want us to talk about. Killer question, Brandon. They say, what open world game, in your opinion, is the most fun per second? For more context, well, actually, let's just leave context if we're confused. But I love that. Just most fun per second. Because look, something like Elden Ring, delightful. Fun per second? I don't know. Even Breath of the Wild, wonderful. Fun per second? I don't know. Uh, what jumps out for folks? I mean, I had... I One, I haven't really played a lot, but I think Leo has. So maybe he can say, no, I think you're wrong. But Just Cause seems like one that fits that bill, right? Because like mm. you're, you have the zipline stuff. But I think like personally... Because I like moving, just core moving so much. I think Spider-Man. Yep. Oh, that's a good one. I think that's right. Yeah, that's what Brandon suggested. He's like, for more context, maybe it's Marvel Spider-Man swinging through the city in between all the all-out brawls. I do think so. When I think about, like, you know, if I wanted to show somebody a cool open-world game that isn't into video games, it's like, yeah, Spider-Man, I think would be the first one I'd boot up just for that easy swinging around. I think it's the one to go for. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be about the movement. But yeah. Spider-Man, I don't know. You get into the back half and you're still doing the same side missions and stuff. You get that kind of uh, downside. Yeah, landing on the car, saving them over and over again. Wouldn't say I was having fun doing that at that point. Yeah, but if I hooked up your brain to like a cool scanner while you're playing Spider-Man, I do think second to second, you're still probably doing... Yeah, you're you're crunching more numbers, you know. The the meters are going off the charts. Be focusing on. It's like, forget mm -hmm. curing all these diseases. Let's figure out what game is the most fun. Right, and I think it's um, this. It's, well, I don't know. It's not like quite, I mean, it's open world, but it's not like open world in the most modern of senses. But I really loved my time with Sunset Overdrive, even though I never mm. finished it. It's like pseudo, because, you know, it's not like endless, but it's like you're in that town. Yeah. But that's similar to, you know, Spider-Man. That movement moment to moment is really good. It's got a lot of like goofy era. Like it has a certain energy to it, uh, not just because it's fueled by like those energy drinks that went bad, but it's it's got a goofiness to it and a humor and a, and a lightness. And I think it's not too long of a game either. So that could be pretty up there for fun per second, I think. It's a great answer. And it's great for this category because going back to the game recently, it just gives you new abilities at seemingly random. You're just out <laughs> in the open world doing nothing and it'll say 
air dash unlocked and i will have no clue what i did to deserve that <laughs> what is it but all just hidden meters just and stuff like that what's that is it all just hidden meters and stuff like you're just secretly doing enough of amounts of kills or amounts of times grinded or something that's good yeah just for trickling in too it has like really funky and amusing storylines like even just like booting it up like the other day or like a few months ago and like doing the storyline of this like kid who's trying to like this rich kid trying to find his parents and then like when he gets there spoilers like it's like oh they just ditched him like and flew off in a helicopter and it's like that's i mean obviously that's horrible but like because of like the way it's written it's seen as like this goofy odd thing because this guy's a jerk and like everyone you help is like horrible and like one person's like i'm not gonna help you unless you get me this nice bottled water from this factory because i'm like a prep school kid that also knows how to build this bomb but like you need to go on these ridiculous errands for people i think that combined with the traversal is like pretty amusing there's like a lot of little collectibles floating around everywhere yeah, I think we can all agree that that wins. Uh, I think so. Yep. What about what about Riders Republic or one of what like a, a one of the open world Tony Hawks, Leo? Yeah, Procyon number six in the backstage pass chat brought that up, and yeah, that is certainly the correct answer. I think that's exactly what Make I an argument for, for me. I'm the... giving you games to argue for. <laughs> I, I don't have arguments it. for these. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like I answered this question at length in our two tens discussion last year. As far as yeah, every moment you're playing it is actively fun. And it's got a new season that I'm going to check out tonight. Heck yeah! Uh, Kyle, if I may lob one at you, what about your beloved Agents of Mayhem? Uh, and the fact that you're its number one fan. I mean, that's that's. I'm the biggest fan in the world. I think you might be. I mean, yeah, you can uh, sw- swap characters at any moment, you know. So, like, if you're bored of like being one person, you can switch to somebody else, and now you're like a rollerblading person with different guns and different grenades and stuff like that. It's not a terrible answer. I think we've offered some better ones, but yeah. Agents of Mayhem, underrated. I think I love that game too. You sounded bored when you were describing rollerblades and grenades, which probably isn't a good sign for Agents of Mayhem. I, I Well, you put me on the spot. I mean, what, the I last time I thought about Agents of I had to kind of crawl into the recesses of my brain and be Kyle's like, Kyle's got to get jazzed characters? up in order to talk about Agents of Mayhem. <laughs> That's right. You can't you go in cold me. to Agents of Mayhem. The AOM? Hell no. <laughs> uh, Sean Robbins writes in over on Patreon and says, Hey, Min Maxers, do you ever get a random hankering for a random game? You haven't played for a few years. For me, it seems like every couple years or so, I'll really want to play some Roller Coaster Tycoon. I'll play it for a solid day, totally enjoy it, and just not touch it again for a few years. It was exactly as good as I remember it being, yet I don't have any desire to continue playing it. What's your hanker in game? I love that, Sean. I think that's... You don't need to feel guilty about that. I feel like that's the way games should be. What do you want? Like a... Shame on you, Sean. Uh, for me, I think <laughs> Splinter Cell Blacklist is the one I continuously go back to, but most recently Sleeping Dogs was like, I really am hankering for this, and I got the definitive edition on Steam, and it still rocks. What's, uh, what makes you hanker for those dogs? What's going on over there? Um, I Speaking of fun moment-to-moment, that game has such a good combat system, like melee combat, and I love how confident they are not giving you a gun for so long because they know just the hand-to-hand combat is like fun enough on its own. I'm imagining it's like Arkham stuff. Um, a little less so. It's more about like um, having specific inputs that do specific things. Like you want to stun this guy and then be able to grab him and throw him into this other stuff. And using uh, uh, environmental takedowns. Like every fight feels like a really good kung fu fight because it's really part of the environment you're in. So like all the different areas of the city have their own different feel. Huh. Yeah, I've never never even dabbled with that game. I guess I should check it out at some point, I think. For me, it's um, 
Yeah, it's a, I got a really boring one, but I have like my old CRT um, over by the fridge where I keep 6,000 cans of bubbly and all that stuff in the MinMax studio. Um, and every time I walk by it, I think, God, I should really fire up, uh, sorry about this one, but amplitude or frequency on the PlayStation 2, just like an old music rhythm game on that TV because that is just some good peak gaming in my mind. And like specifically what I want to do, and I think I want to do it after I finish Chrono Cross for the deepest dive and maybe I have a little more game and free time, is uh, I really want to bust out Guitar Hero 2 and hook it up to that TV and just like go through the campaign for Guitar Hero 2. Because I don't think, as much as I love the first one, I don't think I ever like just finished the quote unquote campaign for Guitar Hero 2. And I think that'd be a really fun retro experience. I got my guitar just sitting over there. It's ready to go. So game is co-op. Oh, you want to come over and play and have fun? I'm free. All right. Well, look, I'll see if I can remember your phone number. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> if it's not streamable, is it even worth it to have fun, you know? Exactly. exactly. Looking at a sunset, I say, how can this be content? <laughs> <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Anybody else got a hankering for anything? Well, I, Xbox is like really good for this because like recently, I like I, I, I don't remember why I was even thinking about it, but I was like, man, I only played Max Payne 3 like when it came out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, but I think it was really good. And I went on like uh, the Xbox store and it was like, it was like it happened to be on sale for like five bucks. So I downloaded Max Payne 3 and played like the first 30, 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. And then I did the same thing with Grand Theft Auto 4. It was like super cheap on the Xbox store. And I just played through the first hour of Grand Theft Auto 4. And I was like, yeah, this is really good. This is, I like this one. <laughs> and then I, this weekend I was playing um, Plants vs. Zombies on my iPhone. Yeah. And it was another moment of like, I just was like, I kind of want to play that. And it was like, ah, this is still really good. Man, I still and I ended up playing it for much longer than I planned to. That game is so good. I have it on Steam because that's one that I've never finished. And I kind of feel bad about it. I'm sorry, Sarah, are you melting down? I just inhaled coffee. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, I'm recovering. Look, we all want to feel alive in our different strategies. How great Plants vs. Zombies is. Yeah, I could not figure out what was making her <laughs> melt down. Oh my there. God. Okay, I'm good. Okay, good. Are you feeling more alive or wiping less tears alive? from her eyes for the podcast? I almost me. died. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Death was close. Uh, anyways, before I was rudely interrupted, I was going to say Plants vs. Zombies is good. <laughs> so, hey, dive in, everybody. Um, did you learn anything about the Max Payne 3 going back and playing the opening? Was it different than you remembered? More dramatic, less dramatic, more annoying, less annoying? Um... It's a lot more, um, I, there's a lot of like uh, table setting for like why Max is where he is. He's yeah. at like a party and everything's getting explained in a lot of detail and like characters are getting introduced. And I'm like, I don't remember any of these people. I All I remember is like the slow motion shooting, but they they really start the game with a lot of confidence of like, hey, look, we're telling a story here. Here are the, the, the protagonists and the antagonists. You're probably going to shoot some of these people. And I like that did not linger in my brain at all all these years later. I went back to that pretty recently too, and I, what stuck out to me was how the rag dolls when you shoot people are still the best gaming I've ever produced. I don't know really where we went from there, but it looks so much better than modern to me. It's crazy. Well, they have that tech that was developed and used in Star Wars Force 4. Unleashed. Oh. No, I don't know if it was even GTA 4. I could be, but I could be wrong about that. But like Rockstar is like the only one that continues to use it. It's like a very specific is tech. It Euphoria. I think so. Or yeah, is that the GTA Four. That thing? was that was what they used in GTA Four. Right. Okay. And I forget. Okay, cool. I forget the name of the the Force Unleashed one, but I totally know what you're talking about. Um, 
Yeah, the, uh, we didn't really talk about the fact that Remedy's remake and Max Payne 1 and 2. Kyle, do you have hot thoughts on that? I mean, the hot thought is, like, I, I can't wait. I think it's really interesting that they're doing it, and yeah. it's not getting outsourced. Um, I... And would I love an excuse to replay those games. I was playing Max Payne 1 on my phone like within the last six months <laughs> uh, with the Backbone controller, which is like totally a fine way to play that game, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I was very excited to see that announcement. I mean, it, I'm very excited about any Remedy announcement, and yeah, so I'm, I'm totally there. Yeah, and it seems like they're setting up for like what they said it's going to be on scale with, uh, or on par with kind of our AAA production. So it seems like they're kind of taking yeah, the Resident Evil 2 level approach to it. It's not just a matter of like a uh, glorified remaster or something like that. It's, uh, it's wild, wild stuff. I'm sorry, but uh, Sean's hankering. Anybody else got a good uh, hankering for a gamer in? Hankering for a gamer in. Uh, it, it's not that old, but I keep every now, like once a year, I'll go back to No Man's Sky. Because they, yeah. they every year they'll put out a new announcement of like look at all this new content we made and I'll I'll start a new game and you know like go to one or two planets and not even get to the point where the new content is anyway but still enjoy my time with it strangely strangely <laughs> yeah I I don't I don't know what it is about that game that I just. I think it it hasn't completely clicked for me in the way that I wanted it to. So there's still like that feeling of like, oh yeah, I should go back to it. Um, and I enjoy my time with it once I start playing it. But I but it still doesn't completely scratch that itch. And so after another year passes, it's like time to go back to No Man's Sky and keep trying to live out this space fantasy. I guess. Yeah, and it's slowly getting closer and closer to being the ultimate fantasy. I would assume so. I never get to the the new upgrades anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Victor Garcia writes, Hey, everybody. Uh, I've been playing my GameCube a lot these last few weeks, and it's reminded me that the WaveBird is one of my favorite controllers. What are your top three controllers of all time? Mm. NES. Oh, nothing <laughs> You're better. Lying, right? Pete Gaming. Yeah, 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 yeah he's giving me hey, crap. Because I, was, I wasn't sure, and I think that speaks volumes for what I didn't realize I thought of you, so my apologies, Kyle. <laughs> no, I think, um, I, yeah, he's getting to the point, Janet, that, yeah, like, the fact that people defend the NES controller in any significant way and say that it's better than any modern gaming controller. Like, something about the sharpness absurd. of those corners, like, mm. I don't know, it wakes you up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, the Wayboard's a great one. I, I absolutely adore that controller. No, That's up there like for me. Good. Even like just the base GameCube controller, I think is in- incredibly comfortable. Which obviously the WayBird yeah. is a GameCube controller. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of. I feel like it's a little bit whack to say like the ones we have now, but they are really comfortable. I mean, I love the the Dual Sense specifically. I think it's such an upgrade from the Dual Shock in terms of it having mm. that extra weight. Um, like I really like how that controller feels. I think Xbox has really like kind of knocked it out of the park with their feel as well. Um, and then like, you know, y'all mentioned like the backbone before. I think the backbone also feels really good. I mean, it's not a traditional controller in that it's like a shell for your phone, but I think <laughs> that also has like pretty good ergonomics, but yeah, I don't know. Everything's good except for maybe the, you know, with the pro controller, I think I'll put the pro controller over the Xbox controller. You would? So really? Ones are, yeah. Oh, I think wow. so for me personally. Like um, too, yeah. It's a little a Switch bit Pro, right? Is what smaller. you're saying? Yeah. The Switch Pro yeah. controller. I, I think. like the Switch It's a little pro. bit smaller. Yeah. Huh. I, I don't like the PS5 controller. Um, it is the controller that hurts my hands. The my most. hands hurt too when I use the PS5 controller. What, 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 what yeah. flavor of hurt? What angle of hurt? What are we talking here? It like I get. I think my thumbs don't reach the thumbsticks. Like they're so far into the controller, I have to 
really extend my thumbs. Yeah. So this muscle right here after like playing Elden Ring for a few hours, it just hurts. Huh. It's too big. We need to go back. Why That's did we big. move away from the GameCube controller? <laughs> I don't understand why they just decided that like a big button was dumb and we should just have equally similarly sized buttons Hmm. With with like a truck, why did we move away from that? We well, strayed from God's light. Yeah, I think when we left we, the GameCube era. I think just gamers got smart enough to realize that oh, like it was an interesting idea back in two thousand one of like oh, we'll make gaming more approachable by having one big green button that says A and nobody can resist pushing that button. But now you, you don't need it. We're but too we're far also the other way now because you have four identical buttons on these three controllers, except it's A B X Y or right. B A Y X yeah. or and they're not X, the same. Oh, it's very confusing to new players. I also the thing. Yeah. I mean, GameCube. I feel like I'm glad we're all kind of on a similar page because like I really love the GameCube controller a lot. And, I, and another thing that's nice about it is the way you can roll your finger on other buttons. Like, I think that's kind of an under sort of appreciated element of that layout. Just the it's X easier and y to go thing. from A to X to Y to B. Um, like, I don't really like the triggers on the GameCube that much. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's still, I think it's the most, at least for me and my hand shape or whatever, I feel like the GameCube is still the most comfortable to hold. Uh, for the audio yeah. listener, Kyle's hands are shaped normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, I would. that would I be the greatest piece of footage. Real that you could ever unearth forget like you know better footage of the jfk assassination or anything what i'd want is just like the sorry is this a dark episode what's happening no but like what i'd want happens when we take away ben's structure (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's exactly true ben's like i've entered the darkest recesses of my mind and i'm here for two hours somebody give me bullet points um (laughs) speaking of bullet points what's up with the Zapruder film no but here's the thing everybody here's what i'm trying to say is i would just love footage of nintendo talking about the triggers on the GameCube controller. Like, what was the thinking for, like, let's have it so that you have to press it and then press it what feels like about two feet down before it actually triggers that trigger. Like, what is the logic? What's more fun about having to press that chunk of plastic all the way into the recesses of the controller? There's is it like just so you can rest your fingers on it without It's the springiness about? to Maybe. it. It's like, and you hear the clicks and the it clacks. It had a click. You could hear the spring mm-hmm. yeah. and, like, the click. Yeah. When you're playing Smash and you're out there like, like, it's fun. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying it was good or that we haven't gotten like better triggers since then. But like, I mean, I thought of those and I miss those triggers when Sunshine came out on the Switch. Because I'm like, how am I going to spray? How am I going to Mario? How will I spray the nozzle without the the (laughs) triggers? And I feel like PlayStation 5 is actually kind of circled back around to that idea. Like Returnal is mm-hmm. a good example of like having like multiple clicks on that trigger that are actually like useful with playing the game. But there's not with the GameCube. It's still just analog, right? Ultimately? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I mean like certain games on PlayStation 5, you know, because of the force feedback, it can make it feel like the GameCube mm. trigger. And I bet there was also a concerted effort to not make the GameCube trigger look like a gun trigger. Where Xbox was like, yeah, screw it. It can look like a gun trigger. We'll, we we'll use that in marketing. Yeah, yeah. It, You're it, dual now, wielding. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> the wonderful Z button on the on the GameCube, it does have a little like dimply thing on it, right? What? That's a weird so. choice too. Look, there's a lot of questions about this GameCube controller. Um, I would put the, I'd put the Series X as number one for me. Every time I pick that thing up, I think it's just so cozy and I like that it's just a little bit smaller. I like the texture on the back, everything that's going on there. And then I think PS4 and then maybe Switch Pro. I I was going to say, how is it different from the Xbox One 
controller. It's super close. It's just it's a little bit smaller. Back, which sounds like dumb and small. I mean, there is like a button. I think they added a share button, right? Like, isn't that new? Yeah. That, I don't care about that. Like when I'm playing, I'm not like, thank God I can move my thumb over and share. Like, I don't really care. But I do like the grippiness in the back. Um, and it, maybe it has a slightly different weight. They're very, very similar. But I feel I do feel like the Series X feels a little bit more like luxurious in its weight and its texture. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, Jeff, you came by and uh, picked up a hot play date for my place. Did you play that mm. weird thing yet? Uh, yeah, I I played um, some stuff that was interesting. I, can we talk about all the games? I don't know which ones yeah. we can talk about. Yeah, yeah. Can't talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, I like the the one with the puppy working at hell as yeah. the pick pack pop. We've converted <laughs> another one. That hell yeah! Oh my god, that one's very good. Damn um, right it is. The, and then I spent. Oh, too much time on like the we're gonna summon demons for some. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that one too. I'm that, just too dumb to a... figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't do great. I only summoned one demon, but I I found one myself I continuing to try longer than than I should have. But I feel like the the pick pack puppy one is was the standout one for me, at That's least right. of the ones that I played. Awesome. Uh, that was like a, a legitimately cool puzzle game that yeah. I wish. I could play on other things that aren't... Not that there's anything wrong with the play date. Not that there's ever but. anything wrong with the play date. Uh, Kevin Cooper writes in and says, Hey, cohorts, um, all three consoles have essentially the same controller button layout. Have you heard about this? With minor differences, <laughs> which is great for multi-platform games, but I feel like you cannot have unique experiences like the crank from the play date. My God, Kevin, how'd you know? What is a charge to the... St- or <laughs> hopefully. What is a change to the standard controller or attachment you would want to see in the future that would break away from the norm? What do controllers need here? Rear touchpad. Everything needs that Vita <laughs> rear Vita touch. <laughs> Vita means life. Tearaway three, or I don't know. I'm not sure how many tearaway games there are. <laughs> Just one. One and a half, kind of, with the port. One and a half. What I was a simple one that we've actually even funnily enough like brought up in the last question a little bit was like, let's make those face buttons bigger. Like, why are they so small? Like, I, you know, like I like the, one of the reasons I like the Switch Pro controller is those four face buttons are super big. Like, they're larger than, you know, the Xbox or the PlayStation face buttons. It's a small thing, but it's like, I don't want the controller to be bigger. I just want yeah. the buttons to be bigger. Huh, overflowing. Yeah, okay. overflowing. That's right. how I want my controller described. Hell yeah, get it. <laughs> overflowing. Leo, do you really want more of that, uh, Back touch freakiness? No. Okay, I think in general, a lot of the one-off things don't stick around past a generation for uh, perfectly good reasons. But I don't know. What about like a track ball? You know, you spin the ball like golden tee in the center of the controller mm. for, for maneuvering around the map. Kind of like a touchpad. I mean, ball. the also, PlayStation controller mouse. has that big touchpad that no one's using. You might as well replace it with a track ball. It would be more fun just to like yeah. play with and stuff during a long cutscene in Horizon. Just bring it in and just like spin the ball over and over again. That'd be fun. Right. That the 360 controller, it almost looks like that already mm-hmm. because it's like that sort of circular. Imagine if you could spin symbol. that home button. Do you remember how misleading that uh, the original Xbox controller was? I remember first seeing that. I remember thinking that like the little bulb in the middle, the little uh, little center space. I thought that that would like move. I, I was imagining it would look like this is a very deep cut, 
but the center of the Jumanji board game board and that like things and would like shape and change and it would show like you thought it would be magic. I is that I thought the original Duke would <laughs> you be magic. It would be a dream you were convinced it turns they out, had figured out magic. Yeah, it's just kind of a, a dumb hunk of plastic with an Xbox logo on the inside. It's not nearly. Yeah, as cool I thought as it would at least be a button or something. Yeah, but something. Thank no, you, it's, Jeff. It's just a yeah. It's nothing. So I. I got a new TV recently, and the the TV remote actually works like a Wii pointer, which is is kind of fun, yeah. but like not new. I've seen TVs have that before, but like the thing that uh, kind of threw me off that I actually really like and would like to see integrated into a console controller is it has a scroll wheel in it. Like the button, the center yeah. D-pad mm-hmm. button that you press to select things is also a scroll wheel. So when I pull up Netflix, I can use the scroll wheel to scroll through Netflix. And I could totally see that slotting into like a controller. And there's like plenty of PC games that use the scroll wheel, you know, uh, as it is. Like, let's put that on a regular console controller. No. Is that okay, Ben? You seem upset about this. (laughs) I'm thinking about like how that would come into play for any game. I mean, you say menu selection, like like switching weapon, like the same way you use it on a PC game. All right. You know what? You, You convinced me. Put it on the controller, damn it. Uh, Jeff Mayer writes in um, and says, Hey, what's your favorite game you've created for yourself within a game? For example, back in the day playing Tomb Raider, you get to mess around in Lara's mansion and the butler follows you around. I would have him follow me into the freezer and lock him in there to see what happens. Spoilers, he would get all blue and cold, poor guy, but funny. Um, okay, maybe that's not a game, but I promise I'm not a sicko, but you get the idea. Jeff, I did the exact same thing. <laughs> did I don't ben write this in? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not a sicko. I totally did play that as well in Terminator 2, like lured the butler into that freezer and he would just make the same sound of like, oh, just weird old guy sounds. It, look, gaming was dire back then. We had to take as much fun <laughs> as we could get any place we could find it. But yeah, games within a game. Surely we've all done this, yes? I, um, with my brother, we would, we do it less now that FIFA around, I think FIFA 21, maybe, or 20, they added, um, house rules to their game. That might've been around the Volt era. So that might've been 2019, but house rules is essentially a mode in FIFA that kind of adds an arcadey element to the game. So it'd be something like, and I, I'm botching some of these, but just to give you an example, like King of the Hill, where it's in order to unlock the goal, you must like hold possession for X amount of time within a square that's auto-generated on the field. Uh-huh. And then if you rack that up even higher, like you can do like times three, times four, whatever. And then if you were to score before your timer like runs out, you like get four points for that goal. Um, so it's a way to just kind of like add weird elements to the games. Before that existed, me and my brother already did that. We would do matches that you know, we still played normal, but in our heads, like we changed the rules. So it'd be something like, okay, for this one, you can only, we're playing the game, but you can only shoot, like no passings allowed. You're gonna have to take the ball all the way over the field. Or we do stuff like really dumb stuff. Like you only can win by scoring on your own goal, which like the game's designed to go against that. So we'd like try to break in that way. That's or we fun. did no rules where red cards counted as a goal. So obviously they're just, they're just virtual. So it's okay to hurt these players because they're not real, you know? So we try to like foul all crazy. And then, but then you'd like, lose people on the pitch because a red card ejects a player but then you get a point so it's like this push pull of that so that those are the closest like games within a game that we still do them from time to time but now that fifa's incorporated some elements of that goofiness through the design we're able to just do that instead of doing our own weirdo thing on the side 
Have you ever tried to contact actual FIFA to try and get these rules going just for like one wacky game per season? No, but I joke about, because um, <laughs> I wrote an article about like me doing this and I like posted it online and then like a year or two later they had house rules and I'm like, they told me they read the article, mm-hmm. you know, like there's the streets are watching. I just, um, but I, I hope they add more to it because it's super fun. I want all sports to get wackier. Just like one game a season, everybody to lose their minds. Like I think we talked about it a little bit, but was it last year? Where the MLB, they had that game that they played on the Field of Dreams field. It's like, yes. Yes. More silly yeah, stuff I like that. Yeah, I Lasso FIFA crossover. Like, I think yes. there's so much room for both, like, for, and that's what, kind of what they did with Volta, where they're like, we're bringing in street soccer. Now, it's still kind of complex to play. Like, you kind of, I don't think it'd be good for a casual audience to necessarily play Volta. Like, it's not, it's not FIFA Street, which I feel like I wish they leaned more into that. But so much of, I think, a love of the sport comes from... Things like that, media, you know, playing in the park, not having a fit, you know, doing drills. And I think them leaning into that would be good for the game and for like, I don't know, exploring the sport. And I think it's cool because it's since it's a video game, you should be able to do things that I can't do in real life. So besides me being Ronaldo, like, let me have a giant head or have the ball be super fast. Yeah, which is also one, one, one Rocket League car in there. Exactly. Is it too much to ask? Exactly. Yeah, like why not? I mean, they still have the serious stuff. Like, yeah, like throw throw awesome. more dumb stuff in FIFA. Did you see that story this week, Leo? That two K is developing what sounds exactly like a Rocket League game, except it's no. like on bicycles. It's called like Gravity Bikes or something. I forget if that's the code name or just the concept, but it's basically alert. What's that? It's a 210 alert. Like, that's definitely going to be there. I was like, you're not going to believe it, but this bicycle game, it's like the best thing I've played. But I guess you can like throw like Tron discs at each other or something. This is like, you know, very early rumors and stuff like that. But it's so weird that like in 2022, 2K is like, wait a minute, let's make a Rocket League. So bizarre. Gravity goal, it's called. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. For me, boy, this is a, a deep cut, but I remember having a lot of fun back in the day at a friend's house. We were playing a dirt bike game on the playstation one and we just turned it into hide and go seek and i remember thinking it had like open world thrills it's like oh you can go anywhere on this track okay and i'm going to face a certain direction and then you have to come find me somewhere in this world and for some reason it was very apparently hard to do or is easy to hide or something but i went back to try and find it and <laughs> i spent my morning looking at a bunch of dirt bike games on the playstation one which it's a real rabbit hole. I feel like maybe it's a new show plus contender just playing every dirt biking game on the PlayStation 1. But I think it was Super Cross Circuit was this one from 1999. Uh, I did that too. I did like the hide and seek in multiplayer games. Yeah. I think mine might have been like Crystal Chronicles would be like, go wedge your character somewhere on the map and I'll try to find you. <laughs> and like it was always hard because you could see their... Like, you can see your, like, your friend's mark on, like, the mini-map. Right. So it's like, don't look at the mini-map. Like, that's <laughs> cheating. But I definitely think more games should have, like, a hide-and-seek mode. Because yeah. Because it's just so, I don't know, it's just so much fun to me. It's always fun. I agree. Did you ever play Game & Wario on the no. Wii U? There is a hide-and-seek. Did they it's have called... hide-and-seek? I think I want, it's like, called... Fortnite hide-and-seek. Like, on... I want, like, open the map, no guns, last person hidden wins. You know, hang on, Sarah, should I write this game. down? Hang on, this might <laughs> yeah. be this might be good, because we can just go through and play a bunch of custom matches and all these games, and then just make it hide-and-go-seek in every single one. All right, new show plus, thank God hide, we have this hide, hide, hide-and-go-seek. Yeah, yeah. hide-and-go-seek. I already play that, because I can't shoot, and I can't build, so mm. I was like, all I can do is hide. I'm Smart. in this bathtub 
until the world ends. Yeah, that, that's every battle. That's Royale how I game. pay. That's how I play Rainbow it. Six Siege. Oh I just God. lay down mm-hmm. in a bathtub and I'm like, mm, hope nobody finds me. That's how yep. I relax on the weekends. That's really weird. <laughs> that's what I say. Having some me time. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you bring up a uh, biking Hanson because one for me was um. Uh, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX, which is like weird that that's the one we landed on because uh, it, it was like part of that Tony Hawk bust, right? Where like everyone was trying to make a Tony Hawk game. Yeah. And I think Tony Hawk had a level creator in it. And then Matt Hoffman just happened to as well. That was just the one that landed in my lap for whatever reason. And my brother and I would make um, obstacle courses with like like spikes on the ground and stuff where you could that's die. Cool. Like So it was like, it was more about like, it was less about like trying to do tricks or cool, you know, putting ramps in the best places it was more about like putting tiny little paths that you could sort of like get through and hopefully you don't fall in the pit of spikes below i don't know why there were spike pits in the matt hoffman pro bmx <laughs> level creator but like yeah we would make like obstacle courses for each other and i think all... there's a polygon video about why there are in that and really? in Ox creator why there oh are my, i gotta okay there. i gotta track that down that's so funny uh, matt and the whole hoffman family just love death pits and spikes it's kind of their whole thing <laughs> Don't go to their house. Don't go to their house, dude. Uh, Marriott Player says, Hey, cohorts, did y'all ever have a Game Boy camera? I got one a few years ago, and I think it's really neat. Hell yeah, Marriott Player. I love that. <laughs> Just a few years ago, picking up a Game Boy camera. Um, yeah, I love that thing. A, f- a good friend of mine had it. I remember, oh, this was the most fun you could have back in the day. Really. Get ready, everybody. Uh, we'd go on road trips, and then we'd take pictures of the cars as they'd pass by us. Um, and then we'd put the little sticker of like Luigi and Mario running. So it looked like they were running, trying to not get hit by the cars. It was good gaming. Um, oh man. Did anybody, Sarah, that would be another kind of, good new, that'd be a good new show plus of you just going around Minneapolis and taking pictures of places. And then we have to try and guess where they are. Mm, okay. That sounds and fun. Find you and kill you at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds <laughs> great. Hey, it's just a plus. You vote. That looks like the, is that the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is kind of hard to like explain how revolutionary the Game Boy camera was at the time because like now like every every device you have has a camera on it. But like I remember like going on a field trip and someone had the Game Boy camera, and we went to, like, an art museum, and they were just taking pictures with their Game Boy camera, and I was just like, what is this device from the future that you're carrying around in your pocket? Like, this is incredible. Yeah. You can, like, do borderline animation with this thing? This is insane. Yeah, you could put your head on, like, the Game & Watch ball game. It's so cool. Um, not just to look at younger people, but, like, Janet and Sarah, you're hip to the Game Boy camera, right? Have you seen this thing? Yeah. Okay. I didn't have one, but I've, I've seen, seen it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You seem underwhelmed. Oh, like, we're aware of it. <laughs> I was. It wasn't on my radar of like a peripheral to get. You know, I thought yeah. like oh, there's only so many Christmases. Like I'm not gonna yeah. waste an ask on the Game Boy camera. Mm-hmm. But it is cool, and I feel like I like that Nintendo's done a lot of that stuff, like the 3DS having, you know, the stop. Mo- like I knew kids that would do like stop motion animation videos with like the 3DS and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. Yeah, stuff so super Fun. cool. Um, Are we yeah. gonna get a play date camera? Uh, can we get a backlight first? Like, <laughs> let's walk or a warm light at least. Like, yeah, just really kick it old school and add the little thing on there. Just plug it right in that USB-C port on the bottom there. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I forget. I mean, Game Informer, they had a, um, back in the old office, they had a cabinet that had like three different Game Boy cameras in it. I forget if we ever tried to boot them up to see what the old pictures were like. I'm sure there's just 
some debaucherous pictures from the mid 90s on those old things but it seems weird that i wouldn't have tried to look at those old pictures right i have a memory yeah. of us plugging it in and even trying to get the the printers going oh i think we did i think we did print something at some point yeah yeah Yeah. because i always wanted to record an episode of the game former show podcast with the game boy camera going through the super game boy and stuff there's a way that i could have done it but it's like "Ah, it's a real mess because i wanted to be able to switch between the three different cameras for some reason that's what i was hung up on um also on uh, the video game history hour uh podcast on that kelsey lewin co-host um they made some quick reference on an episode a while ago to something that i hadn't even considered where uh, Frank Cifaldi in that podcast is like, you know, it's debatable whether or not the Game Boy camera invented the selfie. I was like, wait, what? But I guess it's a weird idea because like the camera, you could like fully rotate to like take pictures of yourself or at least like the, the selfie camera. Like it was a weird pioneer that way. Front facing camera. Front facing camera might be a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, was, it was a really brilliant idea on their part. Um, hey, look at this. They heard us talking about him. James Game Boy himself wrote in. <laughs> And says, hello, everybody. I feel bad, um, but I dropped out of the Chrono Cross Deepest Dive after the first week. What? What are you doing, James? Now we can't feed our families. Yeah, how dare you? (laughs) James, you do you. We can't judge. Uh, I intend to eventually get back to it, but it's just hard to know when I'll have the time and and inclination. Well, you should find the time. Chrono Cross rules. My question is, uh, and Jeffem is excused, but what game do you all feel the worst about not finishing? Why is Jeff from Excuse? Because I been, think we all know why <laughs> Jeff Because we've been screaming about Red Dead um, since before Red Dead Redemption 2 came out somehow. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Jeff, you just sit back and you enjoy yourself, buddy. No one's going to scream at you. I promise. Uh, then but why yeah. are we even here? <laughs> I guess that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, what why game do you know? feel the worst about not finishing? Is there anything uh, jump to mind? Uh, Disco Elysium, I really should have finished by now. Yeah. For how much I claim to think it's cool. Yeah, and you're always telling us how smart you are and, like, you're into literature and stuff. Yeah, I love to read. (laughs) Prove it! I can't wait to start reading. (laughs) Um, I I think it's fundamental. Xenosaga Episode 1, I feel bad about never finishing. I remember, like, the game's economy. Their bills are mocked? That's right. A little freaky, Kyle. Um, yeah, I feel bad because I remember I got like a strategy guide for that back in the day. And there's something about the game's economy where at some point I lost all my money or I needed to get a lot of money to do something and I completely trailed off. But it, it sucked that like that game I'm sitting at 80% on still. I'll feel guilty about that for the rest of my life. My most recent one is the Nier remake, Replicant. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm literally on the end boss. Um, like I fought them once and died. And I was like, okay, I'll get back to this later and just haven't. Mm. Um, I think something about, because like, even though I'm not obligated to play it more than once, no one's going to yell at me if I just beat it once. I feel like I'm not getting the full experience if I, if I don't play it again. And so like that hurdle, that little hurdle of like beating that boss, it's like, well, I can beat the boss, but then like, I'm going to feel like I need to keep playing. And it's like, do I even want to do that? What if I just leave here and then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm done forever, but I won't uninstall it. For some reason, every time I scroll past it to uninstall things, I'm like, well, I'm on the end boss. I should go finish it. Uh, so I don't know. Give it a just, couple years. You'll about it. You'll cave. Um, and Jeff, what's wrong with you, you monster? Uh, how often do you think about Red Dead 2? No, honestly, Red Dead was not my answer for this because Ooh. I don't feel guilty because I still am determined. I, I still feel in my heart like no. I know I'm going back to no. it and I'm going to finish it. I believe That's you. No, like, I, I genuinely believe that because no. people like, give like, me shit for not 
finishing like I'm still playing Uncharted 4. I've been playing it for almost a year now. I'm going to finish it. Like, let me I'm going at this is what my pace looks like. I'm either finishing games in three days and I'm ready to talk about it or I'm taking 30 years because there's no point in finishing it any faster. It doesn't benefit me. But you at least started Uncharted 4 like last year. Uh, Jeff um started Red Dead in 2018 and has been insisting for two and a half years now that he will but, get back you to You know it. what? I'm not done Breath of the Wild yet. But I feel yet. like I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not losing anything. Okay. So. All right. I, I, f- I feel like it's not, you know, like, it's not aging horribly. Like, it's still going to be just as good if I play it next year as it would if I played it now. I mean... It I'll is, get to it. You you have to beat it before the next Rockstar game releases. That's... That's Whoa. a generous timeline for you, dude. So he's got like 30 okay. years. That's right. Yeah. Get cozy, bro. I can I can do that. All right. But uh, no, my, my answer for it was um was Bloodborne is the one that I still feel because I I like that setting so much more than I think from software's other games up until Elden Ring. And I I just and I was I really enjoyed what I played of it, and I played a fair amount of it, but then that's that's one I still have installed. I install it on my PS5 now to carry it over from PS4, and it's yeah. one that I'm like, I gotta get back to that one. I don't know. I guess I don't have the same feeling in my heart of like knowing that I'm going to go back to it and finish it for sure. Right. That right. I do with Red Dead, but so yeah. yeah. From games, also you kind of you gotta have that rhythm. It's really tough to go. I feel like I'd have to start over at this point anyway. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luca Alberti writes in and says, I salute you, MinMax crew. Uh, this week, we saw the announcement of the delay of the Mario movie. Hey, Sarah, it's your favorite topic. No! Uh, <laughs> honestly, when I read the beginning of the tweet that said, this is Miyamoto, I thought it was a retirement announcement. Nintendo has made no secret that they're keeping Miyamoto out of the spotlight because they don't want fans to be too attached when he inevitably leaves. I don't know about that. But is that what they're doing? I feel like they're not keeping him out of the spotlight. Uh I mean I think it's just probably a result of COVID that there was like a gap there where it was like a year where we didn't hear anything about Miyamoto and there weren't really interviews and stuff, but I think it's just he's well, he, sitting he at home. He hasn't been in like any directs really. Like he introduced right. the Mario movie, but up until that point he hasn't really I feel been, like they are trying you know. to pass on some of that like fame and notoriety to like other people in Nintendo before. Yeah. Uh, like he retires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see that, but uh, Lucas says this leads me to think: How would you go about communicating the man's long-awaited retirement? Is a message okay, or would a farewell video like Reggie did have to do? I love this question. Just a good old-fashioned messaging question. Long-awaited, they said. <laughs> it's, it's like Pikmin Four. Everyone's uh, everyone's I- waiting for it. This is maybe silly. I don't like thinking about this. It yeah. makes me upset. <laughs> it should. Like, honestly. I, I think you say he's dead, and then 10 minutes later you say, JK, he's just retiring. And then like, <laughs> oh, it's like God. less bad. <laughs> yeah. right, that's, yeah, so, right. that's so messed up. That's I think so they should bring back E3 puppets. When, you remember at E3 yeah. when they had all those puppets? Yep. Bring back his puppet, please. And have the puppet announce it. That's right. So the next time, like, or the next time after he retires, like, Kazumi's out there or whatever doing the direct, if f- people are f- missing Miyamoto, they can just pull out the puppet real quick. And right. Just be like, hi, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> A bad game is delayed once or whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, turn, turn him into a puppet. 
Oh, that's it. Have it be like someone casts a spell on him and he's a puppet, and then you just keep having the puppet come back in every Nintendo Direct. That is so bizarre. Yeah, I think the retirement... I, I would almost be happy for him in a way, as long as I knew that he was happy just gardening, and I'm sure he's living in some beautiful little home out there on the outskirts of Kyoto, living a better life than we could all imagine. I think it's just, I think what freaks me out, Kyle, and I think you're in the same camp, is that it's like, that's step one. Step two is when Miyamoto goes down and dies, and that's going to be a rough day for the industry. Right? Yeah, I don't like, th- I don't like thinking about it. it. The fact that it's will probably happen in my lifetime is upsetting and makes me sad. If and you're I lucky. like it. Well, I, would, I would hope it happens in your lifetime, Kyle. Well, I, can, oh, I don't know. I'm not yeah, going to make any assumptions about <laughs> what's going on with me in the next 20 years. Who knows? Yeah, I don't, like, I'm just saying, you don't know. You just can't. So yeah. why, why assume? I think, I think the way you do it, and I'm no messaging expert, but I think you make it like a, a celebration, right? Like you have like a special Nintendo Direct and you say like it's a very special celebration of the man, the myth, the legend. And then you just make it like 30 minutes of him talking about the past, showing more old design documents, giving us some good history. And then it's just him waving goodbye at the camera as it slowly zooms in and fades but out. But even that, though, that would Shuffle be a message. Shuffle him into the rocket. <laughs> you would, uh, Poochie's yep. gone to another planet. Um, exactly. Yeah, but like you, you would still have to, though, announce it because I would hate them to be like, there's a special direct celebrating Nintendo's history and then they're like breaking up with me. Even though like, obviously, right. I would be... If, if and when he chooses to retire, I like totally respect that and totally get that. I think he's had like one of the most incredible careers ever of all time, but it still would be really sad. And while I think a documentary or whatever would be nice, like I still want to like rip the bandaid off. Like don't mm-hmm. make watch an Nintendo Direct and then, but one more thing, Mario's dead. That's what it would kind of feel like. So like I'd probably just want, yeah, I think a little short video, small enough to post to Twitter. And then maybe saying, hey, we are releasing this like documentary or whatever. Mm. Maybe he like does some whatever other content. I'm sure we'd still we probably would see him to some degree in the industry the way many other people are like, I'm stepping away. But also I'm here in a lot of places. Yeah. So like I'm going to get slowly, more content. But yeah, it's going to be slow. It's not going to be like he's retiring. They're going to mm-hmm. like pull him back a little bit and like present other people. And then they're going to be like, he's no longer in this role but he is still on the board, yeah. mostly because I feel like they're going to be worried about shareholders. Like, once Miyamoto's mm-hmm. gone, they're going to be like, it's over. It's the end of Nintendo. Like, it's over. So I think they're just going to slowly kind of, like, wean him, wean us off of him and, like, try mm-hmm. to bring somebody else in, like a bait and switch. Yeah, I feel like you're right. I feel like they're already this is doing Miyamoto that. Too. Yeah, I, this I did... is actually just, like, you know, it's, it's junior, junior Miyamoto. Like, here you go. <laughs> It's got a paintbrush like and a little hover pet, car. Yeah, you get a gold, like a goldfish dies, you get another goldfish, has same name. <laughs> yeah, this is the same. <laughs> no, Nemo just, two. We are going to have, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if we're lucky, like 20 years of that weird thing of just, I bet they're going to wheel him out as an old man to say hello, like once every six years or Wave something. Wave to the shareholders from behind the window. He's <laughs> definitely still here. <laughs> Not dead. That or they they could do the announcement of like, we have an, an important announcement. Miyamoto is retiring in five years. Uh, like the Jay Leno strategy. And then strategy. just like, it's on everyone's calendar. 
And yeah. the, the shock is blunted a little bit because we still got five good years. With but him. then I'd still be hoping that he's going to do the, he's going to Wolf of Wall Street it, you know, and be like, I'm not leaving. Yeah. I'm right. not leaving, you know, but like, right. that's not going to happen. Yeah. He's going he's to retire. The Jay, the Jay like, Leno, like they replace him. And then after a year, they're like, actually, we're just going to bring Miyamoto back. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, shout out to Miyamoto. I, I was watching um like some old, because I'm writing something about like some 3DS games. So I was watching like, on Nintendo's website, they have like different videos promoting like the whatever game. So it was Mario 3D Land, and they had like an interview with Miyamoto, and I was listening to it, and like I feel like this is like the nerdiest moment of my life. But I got kind of emotional like hearing him talk yeah. about the game that he made. Not only because that's such a fantastic Mario game, like one of the best, most underrated ones in the franchise, like the I perfect agree. blend of 2D and 3D design. But like hearing him speak about it, I'm like, oh yeah, and he did do that, and he totally nailed this. And then just thinking about like what that franchise means to like me and so many people and, and gaming like it's just it's crazy like i don't know he's such a so great way he does yeah yeah I, I i don't know i'm weirdly emotional about him too and it's like i didn't really grow up with nintendo games in a big way either but it wormed its way into my heart believe it or not but just stuff like i remember i was interviewing will wright once and he was talking about working with miyamoto and like smoking cigarettes and talking about the design of SimCity with Miyamoto. And just during the interview, like I got emotional just talking to Will Wright about it, like, but through proxy. I don't know if it was just that idea of just like, oh, this legend talking about this other legend, but there's just something, it's nice to have a figure who undoubtedly is probably a very scary man to work for, but still for all of our perspective, is just this heartwarming soft spot for everybody. Um, and we're all looking forward to the film. Uh, Ricky Winterborn uh, writes in and says Leo's Gamer Rage video on his own channel was really well done. Thank you. There it is. Uh, Anyone who grew up playing Xbox Live can deeply relate with the predicament. I fell off online first-person shooter games mainly because of that feeling of intense judgment and the highs and lows that come with competitive games. It got to the point where almost every match had a try-hard antagonizing everyone to the point where he had to mute all chat, which feels kind of depressing in its own way. Are humans doomed to ruin everything that was once fun? Um, yeah, do you think any game with voice chat is a positive experience these days with randos? Is it possible? I never joined voice chat ever, yeah. ever. Like never in my, in all of the, you know, competitive esports gaming that I've played, have I ever joined voice chat? I usually play with friends, so like there's still communication happening. Yeah. But some people are like, oh, like, but if you don't join voice chat, like you're missing out on, you know, communicating and like then you're just, your team's going to be worse. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't feel like getting belittled and demeaned on this nice day. Like I play <laughs> games to have fun, not to like feel bad about myself. Did you, yeah, did you ever do it? it? Like, did you wean yourself off it? Did you try it early on? I never, I would just be, I wouldn't say anything. So mm-hmm. I would just like sit there muted. And like, honestly, like for most competitive games, I don't know how much communication you need. Like, it's good, but it's like, we're not, we're not esports. We're not cloud nine. We're not, you know, <laughs> like we're not going in for 50, like $50,000 here. Yeah. Not to what, put when you, I love coordinating in games is when I coordinate with my friends and win around in siege and we all feel amazing and are congratulating each other and I mm-hmm. just like don't really care about having that kind of experience with somebody I've never met and will never see again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Not Sarah, not to put you too much on the spot, but like, do you think it's just being a woman? You don't even want to put your voice out there because it's going to be so much worse. Yeah, or is that not a I mean, it's like why why risk having one awful experience just because you might have one mediocre game? You right, know? <laughs> right. It's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, like uh, my friends were getting back into Overwatch. I guess it was last year. And <laughs> I remember talking to Ronnie about it. And he was just like, it's horrifying out there. 
Like, I, I had no idea that it had gotten that bad, and it's probably always been that bad, but just dabbling in that water again, then remembering, like, oh, that's right, just being berated in every match, trying to have a good time, it's just, it is a nightmare. Yeah, I put, got, that reminded me of trying to get back into Overwatch about a year and a half ago with one friend and a bunch of randos, and I nearly cried. Oh, no. They were so mean to me for not oh, knowing what I was doing. They just picked it back up after a while. Oh, yuck. This is uh, weird, but like there's a Mitch Hedberg joke about how people should only be allowed so many horn honks on their car <laughs> in a month. That's you brilliant, know? yeah. Yeah, and he's like, it's like, oh, you know, I want to honk at this guy, but I shouldn't have honked at Jimmy on the sidewalk uh, last week. <laughs> and that's like, I wonder if that's something that could be integrated into like voice chat is like you only get like two, three, you get like two minutes worth of chat time a match, so you have to say something constructive. If you're using it to just yell at people, you're just mm. wasting your spoken time. Like, is there a way to reward people would still, positive reinforcement? They would still use those precious they would moments. Use, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Most slurs are very short and punchy. In some way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I don't know how everybody's feeling about this Overwatch 2 situation, but uh, I was watching Blessing from Kind of Funny Stream It last night. Um, I haven't been following him that closely, but I was like, hey, tuning into Overwatch 2 stream, this would be cool. It was, um, I don't mean to alarm anybody, it was Overwatch 1. Like, yeah. it was bizarre <laughs> to see them be like, oh, this game that I really enjoyed back in 2016, it is stunning to, like, try and get the bullet point list of, okay, here's all the changes here, but no, this is actually Overwatch 2 now. Am I missing something big, or is this just one of the biggest failures of game production? In I mean, years I think and years, it's, it's wild. Platoon thing. It's it, like Splatoon it, it, One, Splatoon Two. At least, yeah. Split, like, okay, but that has like you know new maps and stuff. But like jumping in, I would absolutely have no way of knowing that this was Overwatch Two compared to Overwatch One. And is it just? I because... mean, I think if you showed me Splatoon One and Splatoon Two, I might not know that either. Unless you, sh- unless like I think Mako Mart might be specific to two. Yeah. And like one of the modes, like the weird football one that I don't like, is specific to two. But like. And not to say that that means it's okay or that that's the best route, but to me, that's what it's like. I think the, the awkward part is they it's such a longer like gap, though, where there was that conversation of like, oh, well, Overwatch one will just live in this forever. And when they decided to do two, it's already been like a while and they haven't done that. Well, Splatoon is on Splatoon three already. We're like, I've just accepted that, like, hey, I have to keep buying Splatoon, even though maybe they could just make this a big ongoing game where they add in the campaigns instead or they have season passes like they're not doing that. They're doing a different thing. I think this thing has its foot kind of in both ideologies. And that's why people might end up being like, I want more out of two. I want two to feel so much more different than one when I don't think it's going to because that it's still the core thing. Like the core thing is what people like. So they need a change it enough to make it worth the money, but not so much that they ruin it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I need to dig in and do more research. I'm very naive on this topic. Reading that idea of like, I don't know, Leo, we should just stop talking about it. I, I feel like an idiot. But the idea of there's like, the okay, campaign. They're, they're, yeah, there's the campaign that they're going to be rolling out eventually, but Overwatch 2 is also going to be in Overwatch 1, like the multiplayer, the PvP, that's all merged together now, okay. but they're releasing Overwatch 2 early with the PvP. Leo, help me. Do you understand this? <laughs> It strikes me as an exercise in trying so hard to not piss off the community you do have that plays Overwatch 1 by, like, giving them the ability to play Overwatch 2 without charging extra or whatever. Right. Trying so hard to do that that you end up pissing everyone off, including that community, because they're like, we want to do something new. <laughs> it's it's just wild to think of that team, and I'm not pulling out the lazy devs card or anything, but just, I understand Blizzard has a thousand problems but it's wild to think about like one of the biggest games from 2016 
they've had all this time, and there's like, here's Overwatch 2, everybody, and it imperceptible to somebody who's played over 100 hours of Overwatch 1 to jump in and assume that this is anything different. It's it's bananas. Maybe maybe they put all the time and effort into fixing the voice chat, though. Oh, so that that's true. Jerks. By just maybe turning it off. Really were they, were, did, could you hear the voice chat? Um, yeah, but it's mainly Blessing and his friends, and they were yelling at each other, and, you know... They, they okay. sounded aggressive. Is Blessing Jeff the problem and... online? It's okay. I didn't want to say, like, want to say. To find out. <laughs> Look, there were some words thrown out there that I wouldn't have used when I was online game. Uh, Mark Poli writes in, though, and says, I don't think Elden Ring is for me. And says, I'm ashamed about it. I think part of it might be because I can't commit to play sessions longer than an hour every few days. So remembering my way around these large dungeons is a nightmare. I love Breath of the Wild and its open exploration, but I think that game tended to be a lot more bite-sized, allowing me to pick it up and do something small while I can. I also enjoyed its sense of fun and catchy music to give me a sense of place. I guess I have two questions. Is this a valid take? I know you all love this game. Do you know anyone who doesn't? And do you have any games that you forced yourself to play even though you weren't feeling it personally? Yeah, Catherine Gilbert also written about the same thing, about just like, I don't like Elden Ring and it, it sucks. It sucks I to not like it. I feel so bad that we like... We as this gaming society catfished so many people into playing Elden Ring hmm. because it's really not for everyone. It is very much still a Souls game. And if like you keep dangling Breath of the Wild in front of people's faces for Elden Ring, they're going to get burned. It's not yeah. Breath of the Wild. Hey, when and we I had our first that. Elden Ring discussion, I tried to make that very clear. And yeah. Then- was upset with me about it and was like I, it's for everybody and like it is absolutely <laughs> I'm not, not. I, my message is not it's for everybody my message is i was terrified and i haven't really been hooked by any souls games and i've been turned off and i jumped in and i found it a lot more approachable than i was expecting so but and from I, the outside that that's first, what it looks like it looks like everybody on the planet earth loves it when they play it right right it's just how it, it, to answer their question like it's it's fine it, yeah it's it, don't don't beat yourself up over it. Mm-hmm. It's not for you. That's totally fine. Yeah. And I think I think only having, like, you know, you only have like an hour a week. Like, Elden Ring is not an hour a week game. It's just it's just not. You know. Yeah. Um, Leo, have you come to terms with moving on from Elden Ring? I know you dabbled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I absolve. I absolve Join you, me. dear, dear mm-hmm. listener. Wow. I absolve myself. Yeah, we're the community. <laughs> I don't like it. Yep. The end. I don't go. like oh, it. It's not because it. I do think I do empathize though because it does suck because I'm like I want to be able to play it so that I can like critique it, but I can't because I don't want to do all that because it's mm. way too much work. And everyone's like, actually, if you turn around, you can just get stronger on this hill. I'm right. like, I don't know where that is. I don't know how to get there. This jump doesn't feel good. I don't. This is a lot to read. Like it's too much work. It's too open. I'm like, I thrived in barely thrived. I survived in yeah. Demon Souls because while that might be worse, it might be more boring. I'm just going to stand here. I'm just going to hit the same person over and over again. It's not really fun in a traditional sense, but it works. And I know where to go. And there's only like three shortcuts and chat told me where they are. Yeah. Elden Ring. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Like it was cool. You, those you can do that twirl. in Elden Ring if you want. It's Jim. too big. It's just like, yeah. it's too much to wrap your head around for me personally. You, you can so find I don't the like first it. enemy and just hit that enemy forever. If you want. That's, that's, that's going to take so, so long. And it also won't be so fun. boring to me. That's so boring. So yeah, like I, I empathize and I don't like, it you're not alone but uh, it does have insane appeal though 
Like yeah. it sold insane amounts, even for being such a niche thing. So it is I, that weird thing. I do like the being summary. Really specific, but very popular. Yeah, I do like the summary of the community for from software and Elden Ring is just saying actually if you turn around you can get strong on that hill. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like exactly what it's like. I'm like, look, man, I looked at the hill. That seems hard too. <laughs> I'm not looking at the right spot. I don't know how to find the right spot. Uh, Actually, I'm not sad. even sure if you've it even seen a hill out. before with the way you're playing Elden Ring. You should go on that hill and get strong. Um, yeah, but what about in general? Does anybody have other games that you force yourself to play even though you weren't feeling it personally? I wow. forced myself through all of Metal Gear Solid Five, Not through all of it. Through the, the first ending. Because yeah. my community really wanted to watch me stream it. And it was, it was, I got through it and it was like pulling teeth with me. Really? Some of those missions, I was just not... The story, like that, that was the first Metal Gear game I've ever played. Oh I don't, boy. they're like, oh, people in the chat were giving me like lore about how, like, well, these two people, nope, and then it's nope, like, oh, nope, the brother nope, of nope, Solidus. entry like, point, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it really was funny tough though. One. I thought it was hilarious, but like, also, it, I did not, if, if you asked me at any point if I was having fun, the answer was no, absolutely not. It, the missions drag a little bit in that game. I think, I think, a huge part of that would be having the chat being actually like just the actually vibe in the chat. I could see to driving be explained you nuts. Why what you're doing is fun. Right. I think that's a like a the most fun was like Obviously setting my like helicopter that. songs. That is great. <laughs> when I would do like the chug chug Fortnite song. So I'd be like, everyone yeah. yeah. Fortnite. And I'd be like, this is the best part of the entire game. And I remember somebody modded it on PC, so it played the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme as the helicopter came down to rescue you. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's so good. I think that's the main difference between a game you're like, uh, not for me, that's fine, and a game you aggressively hate is being forced to finish it. <laughs> I feel like that happens so much in this yeah. business, at least in my past, of like, I've really got to put more hours into this before I can effectively say why it's bad. And then I come away like, I want to destroy this game. <laughs> it just makes you feel worse. Yeah, yeah. I've seen plenty of games that I didn't like that much. But that's because it's part of, that can be part of the career, depending on how you craft your career. Like, I've written guides for games that I otherwise probably wouldn't have played. Um, I think ultimately, though, like, it it can create, like, that bitterness that you're describing, Leo, for sure. But, like, a lot of times it's just, like, I get just more information on why I didn't like this thing and occasionally it is stuff isn't like your taste and i do try to avoid stuff that i don't think is in my wheelhouse like i wouldn't want to do con like really important like p editorial or guide content for something like you know like the final fantasy online game because i don't i've never played it i probably won't like it but i've done to try it but i probably wouldn't like i personally wouldn't spend the entirety of that game to because i don't, don't think that's a good use of my time like i don't think it's going to benefit anybody yeah um but yeah like i don't know you i, I think you can if you like it enough to get through it, you can still like learn some interesting things about yourself and design and what you like and what you don't like. And, and games can have different layers or like, oh, it ended really badly or it ended really well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, generally, I don't think I've played through anything I've really, truly loathed like to that insane degree. Maybe part of uh, Borderlands 3, but I didn't finish mm -hmm. that, so it didn't yeah. end up mattering. Yeah, I think the worst That's is like kind of a weird one. Yeah. Um, uh, which it was like it, it's almost like that middle ground of like I didn't hate it, but I wasn't really super engaged all the way through. It's a Nino Kuni two, um, which is which I think the the thing that got me is Hanson can corroborate here. The first like ten minutes of that game awesome. are like mind blowing. Of like what this is what this game is, and then I spent the <laughs> rest of the entire game 
And I spent the rest of the entire game kind of being like, I are we going to get back to that? Because that was really interesting. Right. And it kind of never really does. And at the 70% mark, I was kind of like, am I having a good time? And there was like, I had no obligation to finish it or anything, but it's like, well, I'm... I'm here. I guess oh, I'll see to the enough, end. <laughs> I'll finish it. Or if it's short enough and it's like in my wheelhouse, like I didn't like a memoir blue kind of at all. Yeah. But by the time I really knew that for sure, I'm like, well, we only got like 20 minutes left. What am I going to just put it down? Like, right, right. why not finish it? You know, like, so I definitely have a buffet. Man. I'm like, let's just finish. Let's just finish it. It's just why not? It's you got We're here. You got to check it off the list. Yeah. And like, Kyle, I hear you a little bit, but Nino Kuni 2, I think, is such a, a cozy game as, as you go on and like you build up yeah. the town. You know, it's like it's it's soothing and easy. It's a pretty good podcast game. But I hear you that. We we talked yeah, about it no, before. Not a, like that's the that's why it's kind of a weird one. That's why yeah. I want I chose as my example because like I didn't hate it. It's not a, you can't hate that game. It's it's kind of charming and sweet and cute and the right. like, combat's kind of fun. And but it's just like I look back on it. I'm like it's weird that I beat that game. I I didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, spoiler alert for the first ten minutes of Nino Kuni Two. Everybody, we talked about it before, Let's but yeah, it, just yeah. To, so you don't tease that riveting opening. I still can't wrap my mind around it. It opens with the president of the United States in a limo. Driving to Wait, a, Nino Kuni too. Yes, driving to a U.S. city, and then a nuclear bomb goes off in the city. Jump cut. The president of the United States like is a now. Game. <laughs> yes, is now the president like is transported to the world of Studio Ghibli's Nino Kuni two. I know they weren't yeah. involved with so, this. And then one, it's like still. A, then it's a fantasy game from that point on. And you and there's a character who happens to be the president of the United States in another universe. And like you're the only one that knows that he's the president. He's just like using a gun against like orcs and who, stuff. It is so cool. Who greenlighted this? I have a like genius. so many questions. It's the best. I mean, Sarah, your reaction is perfect. That was like a hundred percent my reaction. I was like, well, I got to keep playing. Yeah, this you thing. should look it up, <laughs> yeah. Sarah. It's awesome. Good game. I agree, Kyle. Great game. Um, Joseph <laughs> H. Game. Definitely a game. <laughs> Joseph H. writes in and says, I just beat Elden Ring over the weekend after something like 150 hours. Pause for applause. Is that possible? Um, Janet, we could barely hear your applause there. I know. I'm sorry. You're not giving up for Joseph 150 hours, Janet. Are you kidding me? Here we go. Joseph! Oh, there we go. <laughs> Jazzier! I'm like, all right. All right. So uh, this game is a masterpiece. Easily one of my favorites uh, of the last couple generations, says Joseph. But the length got me thinking. What is the reason for games like this being so long? I feel like you were getting to this earlier, Janet. There are no microtransactions and no seasonal events like there might be in an online service game. So it's not like they're trying to bait you to spending more money. And most of the complaints I hear about games like this, even masterpieces like Elden Ring, is that they're too long or they get tedious by the end. Why do studios feel incentivized to make 100-plus-hour games where they could probably get away with releasing games half that long and sell just as many copies or get just as much praise? It's a good question, Joseph. I think it's easy to tear a game down for not being long enough, and I think that probably does turn a lot of people off who have a limited game budget. I feel like something like Ghostwire Tokyo suffered from that, of like, this game rocks, but... It's there's no reason for you to buy a full price when it's only like 12 or 15 hours. Like you may as well wait for a sale. But yeah. Elden Ring is unapproachable. That's the thing. That if Elden Ring was 60 hours, I don't think too many people would be complaining. But I wonder if this is just a case of like it's their first open world game and is tough to scale out the world and have a sense of how many hours it would take. I, I, I feel like From Software is a special case in that like I think they have a vision for what they want their games to be and they're going to work into that that scope no matter what and i I don't think it's 
driven by like, hey, we need a long game because our fans might not like if it's not long enough or we're going to sell more copies because it's long enough. I think Miyazaki just has like his vision and what they want to do. And they all work probably insane hours and crunch to make that happen. But I think I think for other like pick any Ubisoft game, basically, and they I, I think they're trying to hit those kind of goals of like a game has to be this long. People are judging it its value by how many hours you put in and stuff like that. But, but I, at at the same time, like I don't, I also don't know that Elden Ring didn't sell more by being as big as it is because everyone, everyone talks about it. Like that is, that is, I would assume certainly a selling point when everyone on the planet is like, this game is so massive. It's so amazing. Like you're going to play it forever. It's the only, I'm sure, I'm sure that sold more copies because of it. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, like the Ubisoft thing is interesting as a comparison because like for that, it's like, okay, more hours means more engagement, which means probably a higher chance that people will spend money on some of the microtransactions in the game. But yeah, for Elden Ring, I don't know, for a game that doesn't have microtransactions, I think it is just, yeah, following the vision of Miyazaki, I guess. And I think they encourage multiple playthroughs. Mm. So like maybe your first playthrough isn't supposed to be almost 200 hours, but if you're like, so many people have a completionist mindset. I think going into things, they're like, I gotta, I gotta follow all the quest lines. I gotta make sure I got all the quest lines, and like that's gonna add a ton of bloat to your playtime. Yeah, I think than if you just didn't, unless you just like kept going for the next run through, which I think they wanted each run to feel different too, which is why it's so big. Yeah, for sure. Um, hey, did y'all see um that announcement of Disney Dreamlight Valley? That happens. Yes. <laughs> I I. I figured it out. What's I that? I figured it out. What is it? It is a game for Disney adults. Yes, that's right. Because the main character is like, like the character you play. Usually in all these Disney games, like I've played a few of them, you're a child. Mm-hmm. But this is the first one when you look like you're in your 20s. <sighs> yeah, I wonder if they can scale it. Like, can you put an age on there so you could play this for kids? But it definitely feels that way, especially like in the key image for this thing. By the way, this is... Um, they describe it as a upcoming life sim adventure game headed to early access on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 this summer ahead of our free-to-play launch in 2023. And it's from Gameloft. Normally make a lot of like mobile Ubisoft games and stuff like that. But the fact that in their key art, they have like Wally on there. It's like, that's a really interesting choice. So that's implying maybe they're catering to an older demographic. But I think it's just fascinating to see them creating this Stardew Valley-esque, Sims-esque experience especially when you just think about the fact that like calling it Disney Dreamlight Valley probably is only happening because Eric Baroni named his game Stardew Valley and they're trying to get a little bit of that. that. But just it's so weird. Like, oh, I'm disgusted. Yeah, but it's kind of cool that like an indie game could impact a corporation as big as Disney for me. Like, yeah, Valley is now code for good game. Yeah, we'll take that. Thank you. Um, I think my favorite is the clip that just says this is a place where you'll have no worries. (laughs) <laughs> like Disney is like, look at all these twenty-something-year-olds riddled with anxiety. Right. Can't buy houses, only have student debt. We could be making money off of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Timon and Pumbaa say, "Come on, what buy. the micro, what the monetization is going to be like in that game." Totally. Um, also, I wonder if the game is like going to be kind of good or kind of bad because I could see it controlling really jankily just from the key. Like trailer, because I've played games like that where it's like, right. this is a cool idea. And then you play it and you're like, this feels terrible to play. 
So I doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. I want to we'll fish see. with Goofy. I mean, I don't live to do that, but like, I would be down to do that. I'd like to see Woody run around. I'm I'm uh, corporationally curious. Um, I think about uh, you can what's cook going with on ratatouille here. or something. Like yeah, that's interesting. That seems like, right. Why not? What really made me laugh, and this is such a specific stupid thing, but in that trailer, there's a shot of like the main character walking across a bridge with Simba and Timon and Pumbaa, and they're doing like the the classic bridge walk on the log from Lion King where yeah he's like rocking his head like Kuna Matata but what's funny is in the trailer it's like basically an, a bridge from like Animal Crossing it's like a five foot oh, yeah. bridge it's, that they're going across but they still have like time to do their little the head water, thing and the water is only like two feet wide <laughs> yeah it's so stupid anyways the scale's that. a little off um, and then uh, otherwise uh, in the world of gaming um, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe just came out on PC and all the consoles and stuff if you've never played the Stanley Parable I strongly urge you to jump in and play that thing, even if it's completely cold. If you like playing with the concept of games and little cheeky experiences, my God, Stanley Parable is one of my favorite games of all time. And so I'm really curious to jump into this version and see everything new they've added and stuff. How dare you make you this a normal, s- podcast sneak- <laughs> normal podcast? Normal <laughs> podcast. I, you know, I just want to do a little bit it up because once Hanson started you. talking about it, I was like, he said he wasn't going to do this. I know, I know, and I, I know. Was waiting for the question to drop, and he never did. It never oh, did. sorry, sorry. Disgusting. Okay, not a normal podcast. Not a normal podcast. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Ben is falling apart at the <laughs> seams. Like this is all. Like we cracked yeah. the code. Let's, this uh, is all stuck. No, let's get back to being loose. Let's just hang out. Like Leo, did you hear that Switch, the Nintendo Switch Sports is coming out on Friday, man? Make up a name of someone in the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dave McDaverson writes in yeah, and he says, says I loved Wii Sports. Fifty nine ninety nine, they say. It's coming in at like sevens on IGN, so Ken Banson writes in. <laughs> Just think about that. <laughs> um hey, All everybody. I know is if we didn't talk about it, I would Peace to live on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, here it's we a go. curse that was put on him. <laughs> if you enjoy this show and shows like it, and generally MinMax's content, even recently, if you've enjoyed our content, we would appreciate the support. If you like the show, you can support the show directly by going to patreon.com slash MinMax with two N's, everybody. We'd appreciate your support. Thank you to some of our biggest supporters. Oh, there's Azul Queen's Garden, uh, which is a new tabletop game. It's not an expansion, Jeff. And this is a whole sequel to Azul. And it's called Azul Queen's Garden. Have you seen this, Jeff? Have you heard of this? I have. It's, yeah. Uh, I assume you like Azul, one of the greatest of all time. Yes? I do, yeah. I'm, I've am uh, got one of the other sequels on Ooh. my pile of shame that I want to play. E- each one seems to kind of change, change some of the things that I actually don't like too much about the original Azul. It seems it seems like each each subsequent one has gotten a little more lenient in like, you won't get screwed by that final dump of tiles yeah. in the original game. Yeah, I guess that's um, fair. Yeah, so, so Azul Queen's Garden, it uh, ups the complexity in a big way. It has hexes instead of squares, all that fun stuff. Um, and they say, Queen's Garden is the largest Azul title in the family of games and offers more strategy and puzzle-like depth than other Azul products. We just gave away five copies of this on MinMax's Twitter. Uh, so thanks to the folks behind Azul Queen's Garden for hooking that up. Thanks everybody for following us on Twitter because we're going to be doing tabletop giveaways every single month. So stay tuned for that. Also, thank you to our dear friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about Eastward, the limited edition tabletop game. My God, we're all in on these tabletop experiences. This is the two to four player co-op game. You can get it separately 
uh, on I'm Ape It's Online Store. You can also get it with the vinyl soundtrack to Eastward, which also is its own tabletop game within the vinyl. It's a complicated thing, but you can check out I'm Ape It's wonderful online store to check out this cool tabletop uh, adventure in the Eastward universe. And for everything else in I'm Ape It's wonderful online store, you can use the promo code National Soft Pretzel Month. National Soft Pretzel Month for 10% off everything under $100 in iMateBits Wonderful Online Store. So follow the link below and check them out because they're very, very generous for us because they gave Leo one pin at GDC and he refuses to take it off. Hell yeah. Um, but they are very generous because each and every week they give away a prize to the Minimax community and this week they're giving away, just shipping them, uh, a copy of Untitled Goose Game on the Nintendo Switch, just out of the kindness of their hearts. So if you support us at any tier on Patreon, you can submit a question for us to read on the show, and then you could potentially win a great prize each and every week, thanks to iMateBit. Um, hey, you guys uh, finally ready to get to some community questions? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, great. Sure. Mars Barrow writes in and says, Hey, Minimal Maximus, that's us. They say, love the show, like always. Then they say, great content, keep it up. Look at that. Yeah, I can answer that question. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, I agree. Thank All right. You. <laughs> and then they say, hey, my question is this. If you could be born at the beginning of any decade, the 50s, 70s, 80s, <laughs> 60s, presumably, with an instant $2 million in your pocket, which decade would you choose and why? Obviously, Are we taking racism out of the equation? That's a great question. And sexism? <laughs> um, yes. That's good, yeah. good details. I'll just know. take the... I'll take the 90s because it's less those things. Okay. Yeah, that's early enough say. that the two mil goes further. That's a fair pick. Yeah, because they say obviously you'd have opportunities to further back in time you win, but maybe less entertaining opportunities at the same time. That is true. So $2 million, which decade are you going to the start of? I, I'd probably go... Gotta have air conditioning. That's like cr crucial. Right, right. <laughs> um, let's see. So Janet's main concern is racism and yours is air conditioning. <laughs> And sexism. And sexism. Equally I honestly important feel thing. like, uh -huh. here's the Ugh. thing, like, that is us speaking our truth. And like, that's where, that's where it lands. Like, you know? Yeah. Is it fair? That's a different podcast, right? right? right. I'm going I'm going 90s because I want to be, and also I can enjoy then the modern era. Like, I like the era that I live in. Right. Um, I don't really have, like, again, even putting aside the horrible sociological elements, like, I don't have, like, a lot of nostalgia for, like, man, I really wanted to be at Woodstock. Like, I'm not at Coachella now. It's fine. It doesn't... I don't care yeah. about that. So... Everything's better 90s now. 90s gives me the modern era, basically. Because I was born in the 90s already. So, yeah, I'll start off, and I have the two mil, and things are a little bit nicer. I have a an actual office. Like, my bed isn't in this office. So Plus, it'll be good. I mean, you could also make money doing the old... The old swindle of, you know, betting on games and stuff like that, if I knew the outcome of any sports games. So that, is that a factor here? How you can, can you con just, like, yeah, invest I mean, in Amazon? Of course, or right. Something? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot to do. Yeah. You may well, as well have a time traveler. Oh, yeah. Are, are we a time, time traveler? Or are you just, was I just, are you Oh, just hang on. Yeah, you're right. There's no time travel here. We need to yeah. listen to what uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Barrow are saying. Yeah, if you were born at the beginning of any decade. Mm. I think. Without yeah. the knowledge of I the current, without my current knowledge. The the 90s. So boom. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, so I think. It's going to be $2 million. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> you're kind of yourself now, Janet, but you have $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Great. I'm just old yeah. enough that people will stop asking. Were you old enough to play Mario 64? Was that before your era? Yes. yes Ever heard was. of the Game Boy camera? You call <laughs> yourself a gamer? It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'd go 80s still. I don't know if I'm, yeah, I'm not too uh, eager to jump into the past. I'd avoid the serial killer. I'd go with the 90s too. Right, right, right. Remember when we had that Great Purge and we exterminated every serial killer? 
on planet well, Earth yeah, they, for the late 80s. as many serial killers as there were because lead. Science is caught up. That's right. Yeah. Lead got them. Um, Matt Lynch writes in, with all the Twitter news this week, uh, I saw, <laughs> thank you for writing in Mars, we appreciate it. With all the Twitter news this week, I saw a lot of people reminiscing about old forums. Did y'all post on any internet forums back in the day? Hell yeah. Yeah. We talked about it on the, uh, Pendragon deepest dive, the recording, uh, Jacob Geller and I just did on the podcast feed. I was on the pen, the Pendragon Adventure forums. I posted fanfics there. I made lifelong <gasps> friends that I haven't spoken to since. That's amazing. I was also on the forums for a podcast I listened to called The Best Damn Podcast Ever. Really? Yeah, active on there. Pretty early. That's interesting. Um, the uh, Did you see... I forwarded that message to you, right? That somebody who's like the biggest Bobby Pendragon fan in the world supported us on Patreon and left a very thoughtful long message like analyzing what you guys were talking about. Yeah, that was cool. That's so sweet. Also, Jacob uh, Schumacher wrote in, said, I wanted to give a special shout out. Thanks to Leo and Jacob Geller for recording that Patreon exclusive podcast about the Pendragon book series. It was a series I always loved reading in middle school and high school. And I think back on it sometimes, it was really fun to hear a long form discussion on it. So that was our surprise recording that we teased at the end of last week's podcast. So that's a Patreon exclusive. If you want to jump in and unlock that for all the Pendragon heads out there. You're not going to find it anywhere else. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. Anybody else big on those forums? Not the Pendragon ones per se, but. Uh, one up really a little active. bit. Yep. Same here, Kyle. I don't know if I posted, but yeah, I was definitely a, a lurker for the one up forums back in the day. I was active on the Neopets forums. Very mm. active on those Neopets forums. What, what what type of thing would you? What would get the community buzzing? Like, what we were you talking like about? Different, different like categories for forums. Like, some were just about the Neopets, the site. Some were about like um, questions. So just like asking questions. The one that I was really active on was the role playing forum. Really? Yep. Yep. Where like you would they would somebody would be like someone would give a prompt at the beginning of their forum and then everyone would kind of write in who their character was and like give all the details and then you would try to like weave a story together writing in a forum but it was really hard because like while you were writing someone else was probably posted so it was really kind of like not and everyone was just kind of writing in their own corners you know kind of when you look at it like that yeah but that's where i got a lot of my like writing from was just being very active on the role-playing neopets forum i love I it in the pendragon forums every now and then a thread would pop up that was called like the bar or whatever yeah come on up and order a drink and then everybody goes asterisk orders beer what's up everybody <laughs> that kind of role-playing <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of role-playing i think i could handle were you um pardon my ignorance mm-hmm. were you like a pet when you're role-playing in the forums yeah. No, I mean, like, they would, like, be like, okay, guys, you know, the scene is, like, Disney was really big. They're like, the scene is, like, Harry Potter, High School Musical, like, we're a school of mages, where, like, yeah, we're all in high school together. We're all a school of mages. It would just be various scenarios. Mm. Oh, so it had nothing would, to do with Neopets. It had nothing to do with Neopets oh. at all. Mm. Uh, it was, like, specifically just, like, a bunch of kids. Now, now kids get to just do it live in Roblox. Right? Like, Roblox is a really big role-playing setting where they put you in a setting and you can chat. But back in my day, we had to do it post by post. All up here. Forum yeah. by forum. Yeah, forum by forum. Jeff, were there any forums you were into back in the day? Other than the Roman forums? Which makes it yes. look like we're high-fiving. Yeah, so you got it. You got it. Watch. You got it. Okay. Uh, He's crying for people that aren't watching. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember. I, d- I don't remember 
posting in many forms back then. There was a website <laughs> called Nintendo Works. Ooh. Um, that I actually did a couple like free freelance reviews for back in the day. Wait, um, can we find these? Because because it, it, it was just like, I mean, they weren't paying anyone. It was just all fans. You could you know write like a GoldenEye review probably back in there. Back in the day. Um, but I can't remember if they had forms or not. Okay. I went to Nintendorks. It seems like it's still alive. They want you to join their Discord. So you could jump in there and see if anybody could unearth your Oh, old really? Reviews. Yeah. You know, I don't think I ever officially resigned or anything when I stopped writing there. So oh. I, th- I probably technically probably own like majority <laughs> stock in Nintendorks. It's a big investment now. back in the day. <laughs> 401k is doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom Blackburn writes in and says, Hey, everybody. My sister-in-law asked me what kind of active games, but not necessarily exercise games, she should look into getting her five-year-old for the Switch. I'm at a loss. Does DDR still exist? Are those Ubisoft dance games appropriate or good? Could a five-year-old play through Skyward mm-hmm. Sword? I think just dance. just dance. Yeah. They have a just kids dance mode. Has too. Just dance yeah, kids dances. Oh, also... I mean, that's, yeah. Like, when my daughter, she doesn't currently, but when she would go to daycare, they played... Mario Kart and Just Dance. And Just Dance was like the one that they encouraged more because it was that all the kids could get up and dance and stuff. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, um, I was uh, <laughs> really doing some research on uh, Dance Central recently because I was thinking about getting a connect for my nephews and stuff. Love Dance Central. Do, yeah. do you remember, is it only Dance Central 3 that allows you to like free dance? You know, do they have like, if I just want to jump in and have the you most. You can also fun, just do that. Excuse me? Without a connect or anything. <laughs> but yeah, free dance yeah. in real life. Is that what that is? It's technically free dance. I would feel more comfortable if I had a connect looking at me and nodding its approval <laughs> as I was really. Dance like the connect is watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. But do you remember? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I ended up kind of skipping two because two came out right when my daughter was born. But one, I, we, Ashley and I, my wife played a ton. And then I actually reviewed three for Game Informer. Right. And three definitely has the, um, the sort of. Uh, improvisational dance stuff where you can, right, right. are you scored at all what is that in dance central in free three. dance and dance central oh it's basically like it's kind of like uh now i guess guitar hero didn't really have it but basically like you would activate like if you get your multipliers high enough you could activate you know this mode and then you just kind of can move around as much as you want and i think maybe you get more points for moving more so like your your best bet is to actually not really worry about the rhythm and just kind of go like like this to get this your high score. This is what happens when machines like try to judge art. It's like Pokemon Snap. Again, all over again. <laughs> yes, this exactly. picture sucks. You don't know what you're talking about. You have no eye for design. Like uh, rock band drum solos sounds like. Yeah, would yeah. you just kind of wail on the drums like crazy? Is that how that works? Yeah, or you do a really Stop good your awesome drum solo. I like saw <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter the other day post like, "Hey, parenting pro tip." Um, if you ever need to tire out a toddler, just look up on YouTube. They have like these run videos. Where, I saw that. Have you seen it? Where it's like Mario Run, but not the game. It's just like a first person perspective and it's just like somebody running and then you're, you're just stupid kid just runs in place and jumps around and stuff. <laughs> they have to like dodge <laughs> I mean, obstacles. Right, Like they have right. to move to the left, move to the right, crouch it's down, like when you jump look up. up like videos for cats on YouTube and it's like this bird or like there's a bunch of fish on the iPad I put in front of my iPad kid cat and just let her (laughs) tap the screen um she has a good time (laughs) yeah it's really just any but I think the movement thing yeah like the running thing would be interesting for like the movement and like what's nice about just dance is like especially depending on your age you don't necessarily even care about like 
you know, you do need the Joy-Con or the phone, but like a lot of kids don't care about that. They'll just no. do the movements. And like, even my students who are like old enough to know that you need the controller, they're like, oh, we only have so many players we can do. It's fine. I'll just do it on the side. Like they're just there to have fun. Like it's fine. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, um, the, also, I mean, it's tough to find, um, but with it, the Connect game, the double fine. Um, yeah. It, it's like perfect for that. But it, yeah, I don't know. You'd have to find a Connect and download Ooh, that game, which would really um, and also, Jump Rope Challenge is free on Switch still. Ooh, and they were going to pull excellent. it, but I think they still have it. And it's, it's genuinely too... Okay, kidder, not all ages. Like that's a good jump rope game. Like, and it's it's cute too. It has some of the um, sort of like the brain ageification of like the workout. So they got a little stamp, you know. Like I loved getting those little stamps. It was like the only thing that that was like Wordle back in the day. Like that feeling of the stamp. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the Wordle streak. So it has that, and it has um again. Super small, but like I think it's cute stuff they added to like um, jump rope challenge. But you have like little cosmetics too for like, your character. You can change the background. You can dress them up like Mario. You can dress them up like Samus. Like it's you know it's it's fun. It's fun. It's good. It works. Is that like I'm imagining challenge. where your two Joy Cons are the handles of the <laughs> jump That's rope? That's right. And you, That's yep. right. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it is, it is, it's great. It's free. Like it's simple. Like That's honestly, every, everyone should have that on their Switch. It's like a great little exercise. That is the perfect it, it answer. Like a, cool covid game right wasn't it kind yeah, of like, like nintendo the, was like hey we're all locked down we made this free some of the thing developers it, were yeah. like we wanted to make this like it was like a nice little like passion project pandemic story and, and yeah. they're like we just want to put this out there for people and then they did say they were going to pull it but then they decided we're not pulling it you know they they wolf of wall street that so it, i believe it's still in the store <laughs> <laughs> um also tom blackburn uh, this friday nintendo switch sports is releasing for the nintendo switch it's coming in at, at retail for 59.99 that might be what you're looking <laughs> no, for no he's Let's doing it again Hey, he, they, wrote in. they wrote in. Um, Adam Wagner wrote in. <laughs> oh, boy. Boy who cried Switch Sports. <laughs> I just hope everyone is informed about games. Um, but Adam writes in, hey, what do y'all ears look like? Don't show us. Just describe what your ears look like. How are uh, we? What? Attached lobe, I believe. I, I have plugs. I have uh, zero gauge plugs that I've had for like my whole life that are often obscured by mm. my hair. Really? What does the attached yeah. lobe thing look like? I don't think I've ever understood Your parents understood put them in when you were born? That's right. Before <laughs> yeah. No, I think I got them in like the middle of high school, I think, is when I started expanding those circles. I remember seeing like an attached lobe thing in like those genetic charts. Remember learning about those in school? About like you could have to do the math to figure out like which genes would carry on or whatever. And that was very fun if you were oh, yeah. into Metal Gear Solid because like, oh, I know about flawed recessive genes thanks to Liquid Snake. But the attached <laughs> lobe thing, I never understood. Sarah, oh, you'd understand <laughs> genes if uh, you, you really got Metal Gear. Mm -hmm. um, actually, it's good. But I, I'm still confused with this attached lobe. I'm looking at comparison photos. What are you confused about? If, if you have an yeah, attached lobe or you have one that's like more circular? Well, I guess first question is what is a lobe? It looks like it hangs more. Oh, Janet, so, are you checking? Yeah, I don't think I'm I have also a, checking. I think I have an attached one. Is it supposed to be? Is that normal? So, no. Get oh, that no. So I have a light fear that this, like, I'm like, is this some <laughs> no, person's fine. weird, like, ear thing they got going on? Like, I don't know. Sometimes these body questions, yeah. I'm like, why are you right, asking? Right, you know what I mean? Well, they Let me not get too descriptive here. Right. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Let's judges, but I don't want to be involved. You know what I mean? Describe in as much detail as you can. Exactly. Like, what would you say you're wearing right now? I'm like, mm, why are you asking this? Why is this your first time in this chat? I don't know. And is this, did, did Mark Cerny? He did. He did. The name? Yeah. Like That's a rearranged thing Mark I thought of too. Uh, Remember this PlayStation was supposed to scan all of our ears. Right, but. right. What are you earring? 
I don't know. Um, by the way, I'm realizing I was thinking for the lobe thing. I thought that was like some weird internal part of the ear. It turns out it's just the bottom hanging oh. part. It's much easier to yeah, understand yeah. now. <laughs> I didn't understand Which it one's before. the normal one? Which one's the more common one? Let's see. I'm Googling which is the normal ear, and it says everybody's body is perfect. Interesting. I don't know if Google just said that. That's <laughs> oh, that's cool. beautiful. When an error to be in. <laughs> Michael Perry writes in and asks, what are some of your favorite lesser known local multiplayer games? I adore sports friends, particularly Johann Sebastian Joust. I'd love to see the Min Max crew play some sports friends one day. It would be fun to get a Johann Sebastian Joust uh, stream rolling at some point. Um, Muddle Dash on the Switch, probably on other platforms too. Great game of trying to get, you have like two or several characters, one side of the level to the other, and you're trying to get the present and bring it to the party, but you can hit each other and like pick up the present. Um, Muddle Dash, what's it called? It's called Muddle Dash, Muddle as in like Dash. muddy, like M-U-D-D-L-E dash. Um, it's cute, quick, super fun. And then um, one really weird deep cut, super cheap on Switch all the time. Muddle Dash is also really cheap. This game called Not Not. It is a game where like you just get these little prompts um, that are Isaiah's nodding off to the side. Talking about like multiplayer games that are like lesser known. Not um, not. It'll say something like go to the right. Go not to the right. Oh, Go no. not not up or oh, something, no. and you have to figure out what direction you go in. Super simple. Anyone can play it. Really fun, and that has competitive as well. Um, those are the only two off like the quick top of my head for stuff. But I dabble in this all the time. Oh, uh, Astro Bears Party also really good, cheap one on Switch. It's um, basically the mechanic. The main mechanic in that is you have like a globe of varying sizes. You select it, and you have two bears, and you're trying to run around and. You want to like not be knocked out first. So like the way you get knocked out is if your lines intersect. Like you have a ah, line that you're cool. It's like snake you're or something behind you. Huh? But yeah, like huh. I know this stuff because I'm I'm constantly Friday night hitting low to high on that eShop. Let's make some mistakes. And, and through that, you honestly do find a lot of really fun games. And like those are games that I like have really enjoyed, and I love having them in my collection. And they're super cheap. And if they're not already cheap, they go on sale like all the time. So like any of those games I listed, I'd be shocked if any of them, any of them were more than maybe like ten dollars, five dollars, two dollars. Like they're yeah. super super cheap. Yeah. Um. I feel like mine are just uh, old, maybe classics, or maybe forgotten about. It. I don't know stuff like Battle Block Theater. I feel like it's really fun. There's like mm-hmm. that basketball mode in Battle Block Theater that I feel like no one's talked about for for years. Um, there's the standards of like Samurai Gun and Towerfall. I haven't played ta- uh, Samurai Gun two yet. Did you play it, Leo? I forget. Yeah. And did you like it? I did like it. It's content light right now. Like they've got a okay. new co-op campaign that's fun, but you can blast through in twenty five minutes. Last time I played it. Gotcha. But it's fun. Everybody's got abilities now. Is the big new change? Right. And right. Stuff, like certain people can you know get their projectiles back like they're throwing knives that they can collect again huh a little tower folly that way that's cool um also heave ho which came out a couple years ago that's really fun just a local absurd chaos where you're trying to string together and you can fart and people go flying off the platforms if you fart too hard all that good stuff i think we streamed it at some point here didn't we was that like an extra life thing maybe at least yeah yeah um, Cook Serve Delicious too for me it's only two player co-op but damn that is a really fun that game so really good. I've never played it. I should I should check it out. They're amazing. Like the art, like I don't like the art style of that game, but yeah. I love the gameplay. The gameplay is fantastic. Huh. Yeah, you're it's confusing at first. It's like really all I'm doing is just p- pressing buttons for ingredients and just laying things out in order. That seems really simple, but then you get complicated enough dishes with multiple stages and to get them in coming in fast enough. And I know where it's time like, to clean that bathroom. Yeah. Like 
Honestly, the most intense gaming I've had in recent years. Definitely, especially in co-op where you're like dividing up stuff on the fly. Like I'll handle the chores. You get the food out. You see that? We're about to lose that. That kind of stuff. Really fun. (laughs) There's rats everywhere. You know, it's great. Uh, Nick Frank writes in, friendity? Sorry, Nick, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. But uh, what game or games are you all looking forward to the most whenever they release in the next couple of years? And why is it Hollow Knight Silksong? That's a great question. Silksong I'm excited about, but I'm and I'm in full, like, not excited about it. I'll, it's one of those games that, like, I'll be excited when it's out and I'm playing it. I'm not really sort of dumping my sort of excitement into it because it's like, who knows when it's coming? Yeah, it's weird how quiet they've been, isn't it? It's mm. got to be an E3 thing. Um, I'm Ryan writes in and says, hello, Benny and the Horts. I have a fitness oriented better quest goal. I'd like to share. Hell yeah. Better quest lives starting May 1st through the end of the year. I will complete up to 10,000 pushups. This evens out to 41 pushups per day. I'm not too intimidated by the amount of pushups to be completed, more so performing them on a consistent basis and without losing sight of the goal. If successful, I'm planning to expand my goal to 25,000 to 30,000 pushups for the year 2023. I will plan share my results with you with you near the end of the year, and more than anything, I'm just excited to get started. P.S. On a recent episode, you mentioned how embarrassed you were looking back on the Chrono Trigger wrap-up video produced. Well, I distinctly remember watching and enjoying that video when it was uploaded. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. That's very sweet. Think about that while you're doing your push-ups. I've got to, I've got something like this going with my friends. Yeah, where we're just upping the amount of push-ups that we do every day. So I'm doing like 75 a day, just like sets of three. It's, it's actually really. When fun. I was in high school, I took, uh, I was kind of that person who, you know, I do so much work to not do work. Um, I took online gym, so I took gym via, <laughs> I took gym via an online class, so I didn't Same. have to go to gym. I literally just sat at the computer in the library or like 30 minutes a day doing my online gym and I would just scroll on Tumblr, but you had to like fill out a workout plan. And I was like, you had to like up the, Leo and I took, we were in the same online gym class actually. <laughs> you had to like up the amount of like, and I was like, how many pushups is like too many pushups a day? Like I can only scale this so far until it's like a hundred pushups a day. And I'm like, no, is, is that even humanly possible? Like I was <laughs> Googling like how many pushups can a human do in a day? Right. Because I wasn't actually going to do it. <laughs> I I had to fill out a full like three month. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Journal like a calendar yep. of all the workouts you did and turn it in at the end. So, of course, I did it all at the end and at just end, made a bunch yeah. of crap up, except it was the summer after school and I was doing it to get like my last credit before I actually got my diploma. And so I put on there when I moved out, I was like, oh, this day I moved, carried a bunch of boxes, took like three hours and I got dinged a point because they're like, yeah, moving doesn't count. That's like stuff you're doing regularly. You can't put that on there. And I was like, jokes on you. That's the only thing I didn't make up. on. Yeah. There. It's the only real workout. <laughs> Online gym. They're trying to take away your only real workout. This is yeah. so rude. Not learning a good lesson from that. <laughs> Jonathan writes in and says, this one's for Janet. It isn't so much a question as much as me thanking her for being such an inspiration. The pandemic hit me hard and having already had a tendency for being rather sedentary, I hadn't had the most healthy lifestyle these past two years. I tried and failed to get back in shape a couple times, but when I saw Janet posting on Twitter about running her marathon, it inspired me to get out there and start running. With the help of my partner and with a workout plan, uh, I found, I'm happy to say that last Sunday I was able to run my first ever 5K run. I'm not done yet, but I feel like this is an important milestone in my journey, and I want to take a moment to thank Janet for inspiring me to take a shot at it. I'll update you in about a month when I have reached a 10K. Way to go, Jonathan. Yeah, 
congratulations. Nice. Um, it means a lot to to think that anything I do has any positive impact on anybody. And obviously, I know that that is true, but it is still very nice to hear directly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I'm on social media all the time. So, like, definitely hit me up if you have any questions. Like, welcome to the running community. Um, I've been here for many a year. My whole family runs and it's a great sport. And, you know, it's it's something I'm still learning about even today. So if you have any questions or things you want to share that you've learned or whatever, like I love talking about running. I just don't talk about that much in content because surprise, it has nothing to do with games, except for when you pull up that YouTube video <laughs> of running indefinitely right. um, for your children. And then it then it comes up. But, yeah, always happy to talk about it. Uh, Halia Kasishki writes in and says, greetings from Michigan. Uh, which state would you consider to be Minnesota's closest ally or kindred state? I, for one, have always felt you Michigan. better and, watch what you say here. I, hey, let's finish this. I, for one, have always felt Michigan and Minnesota have a tight bond. Snow, lakes, hockey, Canada border. Okay, yeah, we're just going to skip over Wisconsin. So, you know, just like pretend it doesn't exist. Here's the thing, Sarah. We know you were born in Wisconsin. I have my entire life. I was life... born in Michigan, first of all. Wait, really? Oh. You were just yeah. You grew up in Wisconsin. I just grew up most of my life in Wisconsin. Oh, I didn't know that. We're at Michigan. Detroit. What? Yeah. Have you cool. talked about this before? No. When did you move? But it's like I only lived there for like six years, so my elementary school is a dog park now. Like <laughs> I have nothing. Michigan now? has nothing for me. <laughs> um. But yeah, I feel like my entire life, everyone is trying to teach us that uh, Wisconsin are they're evil over there, and all their sports teams suck, and all this stuff. But like, it clear. No offense to Michigan, it seems like even though we don't want to admit it, Mich- or Minnesota and Wisconsin are like they're a pair. The states are basically hugging each other. Yeah, I was exactly about to say the same yeah. thing because yeah. I like literally pulled the map. I'm like, what, what shapes we got going on here? Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're totally in a warm embrace. Yeah, <laughs> I, but again, you can't say I mean, that because can- apparently you're supposed to spit on people that wear Packers clothes or something. I don't really understand why or how, but that's what it is. Can Wisconsin be our best friend and rival at the same time? Is that kind of it's a like Pokemon a, situation or a Batman and Joker situation? Yeah, something like that. It's, yeah, it's more like you here's, complete me. <laughs> yeah, it's more like here's you know the well-adjusted you know sibling, and then you have Wisconsin. Right. Um, I feel like that's more yeah. of the relationship that I pick sense. up on. Yeah, Wisconsin's maybe more fun, but Minnesota more fun, feels cooler. But yeah, here's the successful, well-adjusted, responsible sibling right yeah right. i love i love wisconsin um minnesota, energy i don't even know what the identifying characteristic is i hate to like i saw this question i was like what am i even gonna base this on like i don't really have anything i associate <laughs> yeah. with this state uh, it's just yeah. mainly it's mainly min max if you ever come great. to minnesota like, here you know? right. yeah i mean you know like five of us who live here <laughs> <laughs> and yet you all never really talk about I what's going no on there i have no associations with minnesota <laughs> whatsoever like what's happening there there's two ends like come on y'all like that's not enough to carry all state but yeah i'll be there at some point and y'all can show me what is the culture don't think we won't don't think we won't think you were cool so i don't know yeah. I don't want to shatter whatever positive that, image. What was it, Jackbox, when we had, like, the what cool thing did you do? And then Kelsey astutely pointed out that, like, the coolest thing we did is anything we did because we don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that was very relatable yeah. to anyone in any state here. So We're yeah. going to have some really cool cultural things for you to do when you eventually come here. We just we're need to scramble. You're going to have a hot dish, tater tot hot dish. Mm-hmm. 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 You're going to love it. I like it. tater tots. You're going to love it. Yeah. I'll rock some tots. Let's All right. Go. Well, get ready for this then. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the Dakotas are cool. Iowa, I want to like it, but I don't know what's going on there. Leah, what do you, what do you Honestly, think? Honestly, my, my answer, aside from Wisconsin, was going to be Canada. 
Like, can we just <laughs> yeah. count that as a state? Yeah, and yeah. That's it's probably so the closest. Yeah. Sorry, it Michigan. It feels right as an American to just say Canada as a state. Yeah. Because yeah. it's incorrect. It's rude. It's abrasive. Like, I feel like that's, I feel very ingrained <laughs> in that culture. That's it. Yeah. Confidently wrong. Yeah. Ryan yes. McGinnis mm-hmm. writes in and says, Howdy, wrong Ben, uh, and the deepest dumpster divers. That's us. They say one person's trash is another person's treasure. Yesterday, I found a perfectly good 19-inch CRT TV in the dumpster at work. I brought it home to use with my N64, and it works great. Last year, I found over $1,000 worth of paintball and airsoft guns in another dumpster. One of the airsoft How, guns was... Are you was just, a, like, walking dude, past were, the dumpster? <laughs> this is targeted dumpster searching. It was at work. It was at work, they say. One of the Where airsoft guns... At the dumpster factory. One of the airsoft guns was a limited edition Halo gun. Uh, P.S. Oh, I work construction, so I'm around a lot of different dumpsters. It's filled with okay. empty buckets and lumber. Nothing stinky, Ryan says. Nothing the best stinky. smelling trash. <laughs> oh, lumber trash? That's good trash. Uh, my question is, what's the best thing you found in the trash? Uh, my high school friend group, we found uh, chairs from the back of a van, you know, like <laughs> the seating. Mm-hmm. It was more of a mm-hmm. couch. Mm-hmm. And we carried it back home and put it in his basement, and we chilled on it for years. That's cool. Did you like cool thing to do. when you were like playing an intense video game? You're like, buckle up, boys. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. Into the trash. Okay. <laughs> Into the trash. And also, we after that we found a big box of Nerf guns. Like it was the moment that oh. somebody, some transitional period in someone's life where they got rid of. 30 Nerf guns, and we happen to be there at the right time, and it's it's spent all my luck I'll ever have. Oh, that's amazing. amazing I remember one time there was like a weird gray mannequin in the trash. I was walking with a girlfriend Whoa. at the time, and she hated this, but I was like, I need to get that mannequin out of that garbage. <laughs> and I like went in there and dug it out and grabbed the mannequin and then like continued walking home, and it was like, you know, a good mile to half mile of me like lugging this mannequin and she looked like she wanted to die uh, but then that was the one that was at the in the game reformer office that we used for like extra life and stuff so it was a very practical mannequin we had a good use for that you pulled a it's lot of umbrella academy story you have here ben with this mannequin thank you yeah it was a, wait what other trash <laughs> did i bring in that office kyle uh a bookshelf that was um a core part of the podcast uh set for quite some time the bookshelf was trash <laughs> well, you pulled it off the side of the street. Oh, really? I don't even remember that. Yeah. Oh, there we go. My answer is very relevant because yeah. when I went to pick up that play date from you, right on the way home, I was driving down Francis Avenue, uh-huh. and there were four chairs sitting out there that had a free sign taped to them. Are you kidding? And me? I swung my car around and I loaded those right into my car. Oh, we need new chairs too. You could have brought those back to us, Jeff. Um. Well, <sighs> Finders keepers, man. Damn it. Those are the rules of the road. Ooh, also, I got uh, my exercise bike I use every morning. That was was trash. Trash is great, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, I found a bench. This feels feels like a new show plus as well. Ooh. We just go around and pick up trash. (laughs) Let me write this down. Dig through people's trash. Oh, my God. I love that. I'm going to have to go to, like, the affluent neighborhoods of L.A., which there are many, but... People do that. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Yeah, people do do that, where they're like, oh, Sunday, like, go to, like, a bougie neighborhood and, like, get free stuff that still works that they're just getting rid of. But I'm like, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm just going to take the L and not make more money and have more things. Yeah, that's smart. Um, Uh, My bench story, it's really good and worth the wait. Yeah, absolutely, Uh, 
we found a bench that was like a park bench, you know, solid metal, really heavy. We tried to carry it back to my friend's house. We gave up after a couple blocks and we left it on a different boulevard than we found it. And then a few days later, I saw that that, you know, it's like an irresponsible thing to do, a very high schooler decision of just leaving it there. But then a few days later, that family had moved the bench from that boulevard into their yard and put like plants by it. And then it just became part of that person's yard. It just gave Perfect. it to them. Beautiful. That is beautiful, man. Uh, Duty the Brown, come on, Duty, writes in and says, Hello, uh, Ben and friends. Uh, Age of Empires 2 just announced a new DLC adding three new civilizations, a campaign. No, et this is another news story. He's sneaking <laughs> this in here. No, Duty the Brown is real. Duty the Brown is real. It All is the cra- names to make up. It's realer than you and me. <laughs> it is crazy to think that a game originally released nearly 23 years ago is still receiving updates, balance changes, and funds to hold big tournaments. What do you think the oldest and still updated game is, not including MMOs? Not including MMOs is interesting. Not including MMOs, boo. Because like it, it is I wild mean, to think of like, oh, Guild Wars 2 just had a big expansion, right? Like I looked it up, there's been 28 expansions to EverQuest, and it's just bananas. Banana stuff. Uh, Diablo 2, oh, yes. that's, no, okay. Uh, no, Diablo 2 got I, a patch. I thought Diablo 2 got a patch a few it days did. ago, but this is Resurrected. Is what it got. Uh, no, but the, they the, they totally they patched the original Diablo two within the last year. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, because I was thinking Diablo two probably, but I'm not sure. And that's going to be your final answer, Kyle. Uh, yeah, uh, that's my final answer. Okay, great. Uh, Jeff, does Doom count for like you know Romero making new levels or whatever? Or is that just content but not an update? That I I would count that as like modding, really, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a blurry I, one. I don't think they updated, you know, any official Doom to add it to the list or anything like that. You probably, yeah. I think you just downloaded that off the Steam Games Workshop or whatever. Right, right. Hey, here's a better question. No offense, Judy the Brown. Uh, Sam Holden wrote in and ask, asks, uh, what, <laughs> what went inside the first sandwich? It's a great question, Sam. It's a great question, Sam. Wow. Yeah. Air. So do you think they got the bread, they sliced it up, and then it was the first idea is they just put two pieces of sliced bread together and said, double bread, bro? That's right. First, let's make sure this worked. (laughs) (laughs) And three people died. It was a worse time. It's a lot of troubleshooting. But they eventually got it. Yeah, live fish, maybe. Um, Live? Well, they didn't know to cook then. The earliest recognizable form of sandwich. I mean, if they made the bread. bread. <laughs> Are we on the same site, Kyle? Are you on PBS.org? Uh, no, this is just the first Google result. It's uh, a sandwich. A Jewish uh, dish eaten <laughs> over Passover. Uh, but I don't know what was in it. Bitter herbs. So bitter herbs. There we yep. go. Yeah. Plants. Okay. Nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah. What's a uh, PBS Sam? The same thing, bitter herbs inside <laughs> unleavened matzo bread. Oh, my stomach's rumbling thinking about those bitter herbs. <laughs> uh, I, my look, Jimmy John's go-to. I hate, to, I hate to circle back around to a joke, but I just want to make sure everybody heard Leo's joke, <laughs> which Sarah said she was on PBS, and Leo said peanut butter sandwich. 
<laughs> I just need to make sure that Thank was cemented for, re- for circling back. The deep cut, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the deep cut of listening to Leo. <laughs> um, well, it had layers to it, much like the sandwiches. Right. Like, see, it just keeps going. Like, right. the more you think about it, the closer we analyze this joke, the funnier it gets. Yeah, exactly. Somebody, no, I'm like, just most good that, jokes. Like, da, 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 da. You know that song, the PBS, uh, or I'm thinking of radio, but it's all getting conflated now. And I just like a voice <laughs> saying, like, welcome to Peanut Butter Sandwich. <laughs> This beautiful We're sandwich is brought to you like, by yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> that trumpet that trumpet jingle is is that's very NPR memorable. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Mike Lynch writes in. What's the longest amount you've stayed awake and why? It's probably over, some extra life stuff. Over twenty four hours, probably like maybe like thirty hours or something. Um, you know, usually some project. Like I've had games related projects that I've had to stay up late that late for. I've had like really? um. What else? College, some college stuff like studying or working on a paper, you know, stuff like that. But usually it still does boil down, unfortunately, to bad time management. Um, oh, and then, you know, I've done some marathon streams, but none of them have been, I think, a full 24 hours yet, really. Mm. So, but yeah, just all nighters. But usually I go to bed, like, I always try to give myself back that next day. So I'll, like, sleep immediately afterwards and take it easy that day. So, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I can't think of a time longer than when I was in Poland for one of my last Game Informer trips, January, February of 2020, when I got really sick at an international airport, which I suspect still might have been COVID, but I don't really know. Interesting. I, you know, got up at 8 a.m. that day or whatever, and then got really sick and couldn't sleep at all that night. And then the next day was, yeah, like a 12, 14 hour flight or something. And then didn't sleep right after I got back home either because I was in like a weird... Yeah. I mean, human state. You feel like, like you feel like you're not yourself anymore? Because yeah. I would do like 16-hour flights to Japan, and then you'd get to Japan, and it would be a two-hour train ride out of the rice paddies of Narita Airport. Mm. And like you're like, is am I in a simulation? Like, <laughs> are, am I real right now? And it's just exhausting. You can tell your brain is not making new memories. Yeah. It's just coasting. <laughs> you're like, this is this is this is gonna be a blackout. I don't remember how I got here. I don't remember where yeah. I started. <laughs> uh let's see. Let's listen to me sing. Uh Oh, Interato writes in. Thank you. Please, Leo, please. Uh, Interato writes in and says, Hello, every cohort of Nmax. Uh, do you all keep up with the bands or artists you listen to in high school? Or do you just listen to their old stuff? Mm. I try to keep up a little, but sometimes you don't want to know what's behind those doors. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but I mean, I think like, you know, Foo Fighters I've been listening to since like eighth grade. And while probably my favorites are still definitely like the older stuff, like, some of the newer stuff I liked. Again, I haven't kept up with every single thing, but like Concrete and Gold, they're just probably still pretty old. Or like uh, Wasting Light, like that. I was cool with that. I don't know if the last like two albums I've really done, but I usually try to swing back because that's my favorite band. So I, I've stuck around there probably the longest. That's nice. Yeah, it's nice to be committed that way. Like, yeah, I'm really, I'm really bad and done with this stuff. So every once in a while, I'll just hear like, oh, okay. I guess the Bouncing Souls just released a new album. Like, I guess I should be aware of, like, which bands from my youth are still together and which aren't, you know? But I realize that my attitude towards music is very much the attitude of most normal people's attitudes toward video games. Of, like, oh, are they still making Assassin's Creed games? You know, I feel like that's the average person's attitude. And I feel like it's something with music. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're still probably releasing albums. I just barely care. Maybe I'll catch one here and there, whatever. But too passive. Too passive for me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I have a couple that I'll like. I'll, I'll always like dabble with their their new stuff. But um, yeah, if I'm in the mood to listen to that band, I'm usually listening to their old old stuff that I really that made me fall in love with them to begin with. How often are you listening to old music like that, Kyle? Um. So if I, because I kind of go back and forth, right? Like I'll be listening to a podcast, and I'm listening I'm more in the mood to listen to music. And mm-hmm. I would say it's like eighty percent like new things that I'm trying to find new th- stuff, and then twenty percent like you know old nostalgic songs that I like. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, what was the last nostalgic uh, blast you gave yourself? Uh, I was listening to Marcy Playground. Remember that band? Yeah. All too yeah. well. All too well. They're uh, from Minnesota, I think. Actually. Oh, really? That's funny. There yeah. we go, Janet. Same There's some culture. Same show on the school bus, not their hits, but like the the deeper. Cut. Sorry, honestly, I'm still laughing about it from like eight eight or twelve questions ago when you were like, you're worried about like sexism and racism. I also worried about <laughs> air conditioning. Air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, just, just go on. Alex Smith writes in, "Hey, podcast pals, that's us. Have you ever caught yourself talking about video games in public setting and thought I must sound like a complete psychopath? If so, does any particular incident still haunt you or stand out to you?" I hate when people who don't play video games, you know, significant others, family members ask me about video games because then I have to talk about it and I know it's not going to be interesting. Right, right. And I feel like I was asked recently what my favorite game was and I talked about Hitman and I and that was, yeah, made me feel like a crazy person going like, and what's interesting is like <laughs> so many games were killing people, but Hitman, you're actually killing like way fewer people, but you're thinking about it way more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You got to check it out. That's true. <laughs> Uh, Solo writes in and has a very killer question. What is MP? What does it stand for? Mana or magic? Eh, a little both. Where is it stored in the body? Is it existing or a new organ? What uses a smaller big amount? Thank you. Good, goodbye. You didn't know it's a new organ. <laughs> it is a new organ. Yeah, most people know that it's uh, a new organ. There's, um, you know, without spoiling anything, maybe Kyle, we've been talking about this recently, but like I consider magic, it's like all in your brain. They either there's any like physical component of magic. I don't think that, I don't think that holds up to scrutiny. So that's why it's confusing. Like in theory, if there's like a body swap, then you wouldn't bring all your magic with you. If I body swapped to somebody, I would think I'd still be able to use the same magic spells because it's all just in the brain, right? I, talk, I talked about this series recently for somewhere, for some reason, the Scholomance series. That interpretation of magic is like you build up mana by doing things that are unpleasant, which can what? be like working out or crocheting if you really hate it. But it's just like the stress that it creates in you. You can charge that into mana, which you can like store in crystals from that point on. And I think that damn, I must have so much mana then. <laughs> you haven't been using crystals though. Unlimited. Oh no. But I think there's probably more like that. If, where it's you know comes from the body because it makes more sense yeah. rather than just Harry Potter. Every time I say a spell, magic comes out, and it doesn't come from anything, and there's infinite of it. You know, right, right. Some sort of tension. Yeah, I like that idea. Um, well, and even even in Harry Potter, though, the like the Muggles can't do magic because I mean that has there has to be some kind of biological component to that, right? It's in the blood. Interesting. One arm wolf. They do. Yeah, them. they did. It is a component of the series for sure. Half blood. It's right in there. Uh, one on Wolf Red says, question for Leo specifically, but anyone that struggles in a similar way is free to chime in. How does his ADHD affect his gaming habits? Oh. 
<laughs> it's interesting to think about. Yeah. First thing that comes to mind for this is how much trouble I have finishing games. Huh. Like my very, very low completion rate, I think, has something to do with it of thinking I'll get more dopamine out of trying a new game. But also, you know, hyper-focusing on one for a long time, like brute-forcing a game until I beat it when I really care about it. That's a component of ADHD? Yeah. Hyper-focusing? Yeah. Huh. So it swings both ways? You can't focus and you can super-focus? Yeah. I'm very naive with this stuff. I'm sorry. I don't understand. No, it's definitely wishy-washy. It's like, I don't know, it's part of struggling with believing that I had it is hearing so many different things be explained by it. I think tweets go viral every single day that's like, oh my god. My fellow ADHD heads definitely have all been obsessed with Caesar salad, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so accurate. Because, like, that's a lot of my TikTok algorithm, too, is, like, people talking about, like, uh, different elements of, like, neurodiverseness or, like, what may or may not, like, what experience you may or may not have. But, yeah, it's, like, super wide, like, the the experience is like super differing depending on like who you are huh yeah but best i can sum it up for my experience not being an expert whatsoever is like yeah it's hyper focusing on things you do care about and inability to focus on things you don't care about like cannot make yourself focus on something you're not interested in huh uh jesse jones writes it by the way janet do you have a loud jacket is that what that is would you yeah. classify your jacket as that okay i just wanted to make sure it wasn't some weird it's, it's like, yeah yeah right? it's can it's, we can yeah i yeah. feel like I feel like NVIDIA should be picking that up. So, like, hey, you're come good. on, NVIDIA. You're good. Uh, Jesse Jones hey. says, hey, I have a gaming sin, if you'll judge me. Um, we will. We will judge you. Um, when I was a kid, my mom would play Mario Party with me on the GameCube. In one particularly close game, my mom had rolled enough to get to the star and take the lead on one of the final turns. On the way to the star, she came to a crossroads where she had to choose the direction. She asked me which way to go, and I lied to her. <laughs> She went the wrong way, and on my turn, <laughs> I collected the star and won the game. <laughs> to this day, I still feel bad about it. Although I'm sure my mom forgot about it within 20 minutes, and I can't play around a Mario Party without thinking about my dishonest ways. This wow. has haunted me for the last 15 to 20 years. <laughs> I would have a different answer for this if it wasn't Mario Party. I feel like Mario Party is a no man's land. That's interesting. You like, can kill each other, and it's allowed. <laughs> Because you can say, yeah, go ahead and get that star because you never know, like, you know, it's the next step that she takes, a piranha plant could rise up out of the floor and transfer to the other side of the map. So it's Or she could go the opposite direction and land on a spot where it's a hidden block and she gets a star anyway, randomly. Right. Yeah, but they still knew what they were doing because they wouldn't carry it around for 20 years if they didn't know. (laughs) Like, if if they thought randomness was going to, I think he's he's done a terrible thing to his mom. And he needs to apologize. <laughs> wow. Yeah, in the least case, just, you should call your mother up and tell her the story. And if you cried a little bit, it would help as you just beg for forgiveness for your loving you mother. You will laugh about not remembering it at all, and you will feel better. That's it. That's it. That's, That's it. True. That's the secret. Um, okay. Not too many to go from. Uh, what do y'all like for question of the week? <laughs> Imagine us still not remembering a single one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the Miyamoto retirement one. I do. I like that one, even though I don't like thinking about it. Right. That was a good, a good talker. Yeah, I like the one asking about the um, the new Disney game that was announced this week. The uh, plant. That was not real, right? Yeah. This is like when your parents like signed by Santa. Oh, sorry if anyone's listening. <laughs> Just kidding. That's totally Spoiler real. Warning. Unlike Ben. Mm-hmm, that's right. Um, listen to multiplayer games. Sarah, does anything pop out like- for you? 
I don't remember any of them. Love it. The garbage one. Finding the garbage. Oh, the garbage ones. Garbage. The garbage was fun. Garbage is fun. Garbage is fun. The um, I also like the um game you feel guilty about like not finishing. Like I don't know. Yeah. There was some kind of art gaming things. Um, I I I feel like the Miyamoto one was the most unique. I like that talking. That's my vote. Look, I, I is there a light nod from anybody? Janet, Sarah, Leo, you seem lightly disgusted. There were some high emotions about it. Okay, some me emotions. Kat seems interested. There we and go. And we came up with the solution, which was cast a spell that turns him into a puppet. That's right. For an <laughs> that is true. So congratulations, Luca Alberti. I am 8-Bit. will ship you out. Untitled Goose Game with a Nintendo Switch. Uh, now, believe it or not, it's time for something that we like to call Get a Load of This. There it is, everybody. You got it. Um, I, hey everybody, uh, get a load of this. Hey. There's a oh hey Leo, there's a whole YouTube channel devoted to dinosaurs, the old TV show from 1991. If you're only 90s kids, remember dinosaurs. Um, Janet, Leo, only Sarah, 90 children. That's we'll right. That? Have you ever seen dinosaurs? Are you familiar with the old show Dinosaurs? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'd have to look it up. You should you should look up Not dinosaurs. Dinosaurs that come. <laughs> Not the mama. Um, but there's this YouTube channel where they were trying to build up a whole behind the scenes archive, and there's oh, a making yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This art. Yep, yep. Yep. I know this baby. I was terrified of it as a kid. It's, yep. it's kind of scary, right? It's really like, scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. But then you go back and watch, it's and it's like, oh, it's just they're just trying to do a kind of it's kind of king of the hill. Like let's just go way out of our way with the production values in a different way, but then just tell really kind of banal stories. Um, anyways, there's a making of uh, for the Dinosaurs TV series that's interesting on that channel that you can check out if you want to think long and hard about like, what a weird thing that they started. Why did they do this? Why did Jim Henson want to take dinosaur gigantic puppets and then tell boring stories around a kitchen? But hey, I'm glad it exists. It's a big part of my childhood. Um, Kyle? It explains you... a lot, actually. Just that I like dinosaurs and I was uh, four years old in 1991. Yeah, and when you watch this, like, cursed TV show about dinosaurs being humans, (laughs) like, it's, like, all coming together now. I can see it. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, Kyle, you got one of these things? Yeah. Hey, um, get a load of this. This is, I don't know, this is just something that was a weird maybe get a load of this. But um, they released a photo of Margot Robbie yesterday. Yes, yes. And she's and she's starring in the Barbie movie. Hell and yes. Understandably, everyone is very dismissive of this film, honestly. It's like a licensed thing. It's like a movie about Barbie. What is this? But like I am really excited about this movie for like a number of reasons. First of all, Margot Robbie's great. Ryan Gosling is playing Ken, which is awesome. I like Gosling a lot. And Will Ferrell's going to be in the movie. Some of the other cast members, uh, uh, Shimu Lu, America Ferrera, Kate McKinnon, Michael Sarah, Issa Rae, and then uh, Emerald Fennell, who directed... She's a, she's an actress and a, a director. She directed Promising Young Woman, which is a really fantastic movie that I really liked. But then the big, the big thing is the movie is being directed by Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Who directed Little Women and Lady Bird. And that's like... I am so fascinated by what this movie is going to be, what it's going to look like, what it's about. Yeah. It's like weirdly one of my most anticipated movies. Kyle, I was thinking about it honestly because that image came out. It is my number one most anticipated movie right now. Like, I'm such a Greta Gerwig fan. I am all in on this Barbie movie. And I think, did Noah Bumbach like co write it? I think he wrote it. Yeah, he co wrote it. Okay. Who did um, uh, Life Aquatic and stuff like that. I think he wrote that, right? And, um, 
Yeah, and it, it the thing is, is like I I understand that reaction on like Twitter and stuff when the that image came out. Everyone was like, "Barbie movie, my god, the, the cinema is over." And I'm like, "No, no, no, just take look into who's making this thing." And like, I think it's worth getting excited about. I'm very curious to see what this movie is. Yeah, yeah, I'm all in on that for sure. Uh, Janet, you got some? Yeah, get a load of this. I'm kind of using this as a, a bit of a PSA just because I found this out a while ago and everyone I tell doesn't know that it exists. Uh, that being said, I'm sure all of you will be like, I've known this for eight years. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, but someone out there probably doesn't know. So if you have an iPhone, if you go to fo- like settings, phone, and then you scroll down, you can click on silence unknown callers and toggle that on and you will never get a spam call again because they will automatically be filtered out completely. So you won't have to do the whole like, oh, I'm interrupted by like this thing that's just spam because I used to get spam calls all the time and I still do, but they just all go straight to silence. And I didn't know this for the longest until my boyfriend finally pointed out to me. And then when I told my family, like they didn't know it either. And we've all had iPhones for like years. So yeah. And then side note to that, if you're streaming, like you shouldn't mention, hey, I have a spam call, because then if someone is trying to find out your number and they're trying to call you, you just confirm that that's your number. So just like safety tip for the internet. Oh, Don't say that you got calls when you're on the internet. I never knew that, and I just turned it on just now. Thank you very it's, much. It's yeah, very yeah. helpful. Okay, it's very yeah. helpful, yeah. Leo, you got the one? thing, you got to oh. remember to turn it off, though, like if you're like waiting for a call from a plumber. Yes, something. that's exactly <laughs> yeah, that's it. The, yeah. That's the key. They'll yeah, always get you. Yeah. The plumbers. Uh, Leo, do you got one? Uh, here's uh, something you can get a load of. Okay. Uh, it's a Hitman mod called All NPCs Follow Hitman. And this is a 30 second of everybody (laughs) in the Sapienza map just pouring out of every building and swarming Hitman as soon as he spawns in. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's very silly and I have no idea why you would ever want it, but it's a good clip. Looks like World War Z. I think, um, there's a MinMax Clips channel in the Discord now. And somebody shared that clip from your stream with Dan Reichert recently where... It, the challenge was to like stack up as many bodies as possible in that bathroom and Dan had like 20 bodies or something stacked up in his bathroom in Hitman and then a guard was coming and he opens the door to look in there and the, the whole challenge is going to be busted. Yeah, so he opens the door but then like turned his head away at the same time as he opened the door and did not see any of the bodies and it's just the most incredible little moment. It's good times. That's uh, fun. That's fun. Jeff, you going? Yeah, get a load of this. Um, this was a headline from a couple weeks ago that uh, Jack Dorsey's first tweet went up on auction. Oh, the yeah. NFT for the first tweet ever. Um, the person who bought it bought it for $2.9 million when it originally was sold. And he set it up for auction for $48 million. Uh, and when the auction ended, the highest bid was at a whopping two hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Yeah, and he did. He did not accept it, but he he sent out uh, an a tweet later saying that if it, even though that the auction's over, if a good price comes in, he might consider selling it. Oh, he will. The how <laughs> crying emojis. Yes, <laughs> about ten crying emojis after that. I think. Sarah, get a load of this. There is a newish arcade rhythm game out of Japan called Teitote Connect. And it is a, you have to play it in an arcade. It is probably one of the most unique rhythm games I've seen after the washing machine one. And if you know what the washing machine one is, it's like, it looks like a giant washing machine and you swipe your hands all over it. Oh. This one, it came out in it was in Japan in 2020. It just came to the US December of 2021, but it's a very large screen 
that you stand in front of and in the screen will stand an anime girl and you adjust her height to your height and the entire rhythm game is played by tapping and swiping the screen while the anime girl mirrors it. So you're tapping each other's hands How cute. and kind of playing like a really intense game of patty cake. <laughs> it's kind of what it looks like. But it's like it literally looks like you're dancing with this anime girl or like there's a gorilla, I guess. Like there's the one not anime girl is just like a furry looking gorilla. Yeah. But like it looks like a lot of fun. And I want to dance with an anime girl and tap our hands together. That does seem fun. A dream. Mm -hmm. I bet you'd really feel alive. Yeah. For the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff, did you pull in from the community? Yeah, get a load of this. Uh, Neil Smith shared this one, um, and it's a video from Alana Pierce she did on Ramadan. And she asked um, four Muslim designers to come on and talk about, from the video game industry, and talk about what Ramadan is and kind of explain it for people that don't know and what it means to them. And uh, it's a, about a 50-minute conversation. It was really interesting. Right on. There's links below for all this stuff. Uh, thank you, everybody for watching or listening to this episode of the Mid-Mac Show podcast. Let us know what you thought about um, just a structureless mess. It felt good. Leo, was it everything you are hoping for? I loved it. Oh, good. I don't have everybody here. That's very sweet, Rare. man. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a real hoot. Uh, yeah, Leo, it's good. Yeah. Uh, Fine. <laughs> also, hey, if you want even more Mid-Mac stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so this weak. is good, I think. I think this was good, right? Uh, yeah. Like, this is why I don't go on yeah. voice on Discord. It's just constant. <laughs> Weird passage. Okay, I liked it's it. Worse All than right. that Overwatch match. Oh yeah, God. Like... Hey, if you want. I liked your response, Leo. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, if you want more MinMax content, uh, you can check out Party Chat, which is our Patreon exclusive podcast. You can get it right in your favorite podcast app. You can really more than double the amount of MinMax podcasts each and every week by supporting us over on Patreon. This week on Party Chat, we had Dan Tack. Former Game Informer editor talking about not only Elden Ring, but also Nicolas Cage. We talk about MUDs and the, his origins and PC game and all that stuff. You know, what it's like to leave Game Informer after all these years. So if you're interested in that type of conversation, you can unlock it by supporting us over on Patreon. And, Sarah, I don't know if you heard this good word, but because so many people have supported us recently on Patreon, we hit our goal of 2,900 supporters, and we will be streaming all of Chibi Robo with Sarah Pajorski and Jeff Cork. So thank you, everybody, for supporting us, jumping in, even at that $2 tier, making that happen. Uh, we will create that fun Chibi Robo stream for you. The plan right now is Saturday, May 7th. Saturday, May 7th, starting at 2 p.m. Central. So give us a follow on Twitch, and we're going to have some form of wild marathon for Chibi Robo with Sarah Pazorski and Jeff Cork from the MinMax Studios. So if you're looking for a nice, cozy GameCube stream, give us a follow on Twitch, and it'll pop up there. Can you promise it'll be cozy, Sarah? That's what I people... Don't, I don't know if it's going to be cozy. I kind of think it's going to be... Bonkers. Okay, is the nicest way I can put it. Yeah, kind of a dark game, game, right near the end. Like it's it gets not, kind of dark. It does. It gets kind of into like a robot's mortality at the end. Okay, All right. um, that seems cozy. To, like avoid spoilers, I guess. But it's mostly just a very colorful cast of characters. Well, there we go. Along to a robot's mortality. <laughs> I love it. Give us a follow on Twitch. We'd appreciate it. Um, and thank you to everybody who supports us at the Game Champion tier. I'm talking people like Clemens Zobel, who chose to champion Assassin's Creed. They're officially the best at Assassin's Creed. Let it be known. Clemens Zobel, 
is claiming Illusion of Gaia again, saying, I will be the champion of Illusion of Gaia. Steve B, Jack 2. Sorry, Janet. Steve B took Jack 2. is the best of all time. Procyon number 6 has Sly 2, Band of Thieves. Thank you so much for choosing those games of champion. And we have the Big Game Championship happening right now on Twitter, where we have a whole series of polls to determine which is the last one standing. We have a whole bracket system, the last game standing. Whoever championed that game, we will work with that person and create uh, some one-off content for it. So, hey, thanks so much. Anything else anybody wants to say? God bless us, everyone. (laughs) That's right. Thanks so much, everybody. Be good, have fun, let's go! (laughs) 